This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Good weekend. Other than Sunday. (laughs) I was correct, by the way. The egg bowl to the iron bowl to the toilet bowl did exist for me. (laughs) Oh, boy. The Jaguars are the team that continues to give both on the field and turnovers and off the field and storylines. Sure. So here we are on a Monday in December. Happy December. Jaguars are out of it. They're a mess. It's combustible in the locker room. It's disconnected in the front office. The walls are starting to talk, which is never a good thing inside a building in the NFL. And uh, we're looking at a clean sweep probably heading into the 2020 calendar year. I don't know if there's any other way around that. Uh, if you think differently, you'd have to really convince me. And you'd probably have to convince Khan at this stage. I would think Jaguars lose again, and it's a subplot now that they lose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You basically said it right there. It's a subplot. That's what it is. What else is new? Yeah. Gardner Minshew is back at the helm. So there's fun in Jacksonville again. That's about the most exciting thing that we have going for us here in Jacksonville is Gardner Minshew is back, and you could really feel the difference yesterday. I mean, I, I was sitting out there in the second quarter, and Nick Foles was getting an earful, and we want Minshew chance were happening, and I felt like I was watching a pickup game in the park on a nice day. Sure. And the concessions were just expensive. <laughs> I mean, I, I really did. I, I mean, it, it, there was not a not a sound to be heard other than a couple of those Minshew chants and, and the Boo Birds. Yeah. But when the play was going on, it was just, it's a great afternoon in Jacksonville. Let's watch a little football and see what happens. No buzz. And then, of course, when Minshew came in, there was a buzz, and he ignited and, and sparked the team. And, by the way, did it in all three phases because I thought all three phases got energized. Maybe it was the crowd. Maybe it was Leonard Fournette's halftime speech. Maybe it was motivation to say, hey, we're down 25 to nothing. Let's not make it 48 to nothing. You know, by the end of the third quarter, which we have done the last couple of weeks, whatever did it, yeah. there was a little bit of a pick-me-up and a buzz, and Gardner Minshew had a direct impact on that, I think. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because, obviously, Minshew right now is the biggest story um, coming from the Jaguars camp, which it should be. I mean, I think, you know, there's uh, there's some intrigue there. People are excited to see him go back on the field, and let's be honest, if you're that concerned about ticket sales, I think Gardner Minshew going in against the Los Angeles Chargers, it helps the ticket sales. But I don't want to lose focus here because I get the Dimitri story is a big thing. But the Jaguars lost to a horrible Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, okay? And they did not play well. And the biggest thing that stands out to me, and yeah, we can say the secondary maybe missed Jalen Ramsey a little bit. They got a little bit exposed. But to me, it's the same thing, Brent, that I've been saying for the past, I feel like, eight weeks now. It's the penalties. They had 16 penalties yesterday. 16 and congratulations, if you're so cared about, if you're worried about the, the statistics of where were the Jaguars rank with the youngest team, yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? Now you're the number one team in penalty yards in the NFL. Jaguars number one by themselves, alone at the top, the upper echelon, the elite in penalty yards. And to me, once I mean, I'm sick of friend, I'm literally repeating myself every single Monday. But it falls on coaching. And to sit here and say, all right, cool, we, got, we have Gardner Minshew coming in, that's great. 
but are we not going to make any changes whatsoever? We're, we're, we're just going to roll with what they have right now at the front office, what they have right now in the coaching staff, and just wish, eh, hopefully they can go out there and compete with L.A. Is well, that where we're at right well, now? Well, I think that's it because uh, I don't know what else, what button you push. Uh, we will get into that in terms of the front office stuff, but in terms of players, what else do you put in there right now? Is this the best you have? And I think a lot of those penalties, you know, that's why I've laughed off for years, the discipline thing. You know, this goes all the way back and uh, the lack of discipline and, Okay, well, here we are. The last two years, the Jaguars, I think, have been top five in penalties. This year, number one right now, like you just said, lack of discipline. It's part of the NFL, but it's more, in my opinion, what penalties are. I think it shows a little bit of a lack of talent in areas, especially on that offensive line, and it blows up. And are you really any good on the offensive line? And I think there are people that thought they were pretty good. I thought I wasn't as concerned in the offseason about them, but – I think you start reaching and grabbing and holding calls and you get going early and false start calls or all those kind of things when you are afraid of that guy across from you because you're not good or better than him. And sometimes that's going to happen in sports that you're not better than that guy, but it's happening week after week for the Jags. And so when you get in these kind of penalties, I look at it as more, yeah, okay, we can talk lack of discipline. Again, I've never been a big fan of that conversation. I don't think it shows up. And Doug hinted at it today in his conference call that it's – uh, the analytics show that you can win championships even if you're a highly penalized team, blah, 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 all that stuff. I'm just saying I think it comes back to if you're not very good, you're probably going to be penalized. Now, can you be coached better? Yes. Can you be more focused? Can you be more smart? Can you be all those things? Absolutely. But I think it does. I think the hidden part of that is, hey, I'm not as good as that guy, so I have to cheat a little bit yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to compete with this guy. And I think there's a little bit of that going on with the Jaguars right now. So uh, I, I don't really think that's the overriding thing right now. I mean, I know you, for you as a former player and 16 penalties is a franchise record for a game. It drives so me crazy, I man. get it. Yeah. I get it. It, it shows right now they are poorly coached. Right mm-hmm. now they are a bad roster. Right now they are a bad football team. And Gardner Minshew isn't saving that. You know, I get it. Listen, I'm all for it. Let's go have some fun. I know it is a different feel with Minshew in the game. Football is more fun, I said yesterday, and I know that. It's more fun with Minshew in there. But it doesn't mean the Jaguars are light years better. When Minshew goes in the football game, yeah. don't misconstrue that. Uh, now they could go roll off a win here or there. They rolled off four of them with him in at quarterback before, but I'm just—I don't know if there's a light switch that goes on. I think the energy could go up. That's for sure for this football team, and at least give them something to ride with, and that could make a difference. Well, and it's going to be very telling how he plays behind that offensive line too, because that's what really stood out to me as well. Was the offensive line didn't have a great day. I thought Juwan Taylor probably had his best. Uh, I'm sorry, his, his worst performance uh, of, of the season. But once again, and to me, this falls on coaching a little bit from the standpoint of Tampa Bay. Their pass defense, w- we knew was bad, right? I mean, they're, they're they're good in the run game. They're bad in the pass game. But if you're game planning for Tampa Bay and you put up the game records like every team does, like what guys can beat us? Shaquille Barnett. Oh, I'm sorry, Barrett. Sha- Sha- Jack Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Shaq Barrett. Um, He's one of the best defensive ends right now, slash outside linebackers. I think he's the number two right now in, in sacks in the I think league. He came into the week leading. Okay, well, there you go. Lead, Tied yeah. the lead. We'll see how he does after this week. But why you wouldn't chip him? When, when you have a rookie right tackle in Juwan Taylor, and, and granted, I get it. He's played well, but he's still a rookie going against one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And you have options to chip. You know, when you when you go spread formations and you have guys in tight close to the line, you have tight ends close to the line, why you don't chip 
against Barrett is beyond me. Like, you're just, you're setting your young guys up for failure. Like, I get it. They're expected. They're starting right tackles. They're starting left, whatever. You're expected to, to, to hold your own, and I get that point. But why not set them up for success? Why not chip against one of the best, best pass rushers in the NFL? And I didn't see that yesterday. Once again, that falls on coaching. And, I, and does it fall on roster build, too, because you have no tight ends. Yeah. To help chip. But Brent, it no doesn't take I, I, understand. I don't care I understand. who you're t- Brent, you can go out there and I can tell you to chip and you, you're going to chip. You can hit, yeah. yeah. I get it. But yeah. they, you have nothing in the backfield outside of Leonard Fournette. Mm. To, are, are they afraid of exposing Fournette to get hurt on some of those plays? I don't, I mean, mm. I, I don't know. I'm making stuff up because I'm well, trying to make something up to, to figure fair, out what the hell's going wrong in Jacksonville. Yeah. Though. I mean, the only thing I can think of as far as the chipping is concerned that it does kind of slow down the timing a little bit, you know, like the routes and everything, because yeah. it takes the routes a little bit longer to get developed. And but, if those but, guys but aren't blocking, well, then you already don't have a lot well, of time. If Nick Foles yeah. can't move, well, then he's not going to create time. But let's be honest. Nick Foles wasn't looking for any tight ends anyways. You know, like That's the Jaguars true. right now, you look at that roster, they don't really have a tight end. I hate to tell you. No, they don't. Yeah. No. So, it's the eyesore right now. Yeah, yeah. and that's an issue. And then obviously, too, with the offensive line, when it's fourth, oh, I'm sorry, when it's first and one, I'm like at the opponent's goal line, and you can't pound it in. That should tell you what the offensive coordinator, whoever's calling the shots, thinks their offensive line right now. Because you have one of the best tailbacks right now, at least in the AFC and Leonard Fournette, and you can't give him the rock to gain one yard. It's like I said before, Brent. If if you're in a go-on situation, and the, your opponent knows that you're going to run the ball, and you know you're going to run the ball, and you can't get one yard, that tells you all you need to know about your offensive line right there. Yeah. Case closed. And that's been the case all year. It has they been the case all year. They have not been able to get the push there. Their offensive line stinks. Yeah. Their offensive line is not good. They can't get that yard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were first in goal with yeah. momentum and actually thinking, oh, wait a minute here now. If we punch this in, it's 25 to 18 and with with a decent amount of game left, like 10 minutes of game left, eight minutes of game left. So, yeah, their offensive line stinks and uh, it's or just not playing well, whatever you can tell. But I can't tell you otherwise. It stinks. Mm-hmm. They're not and right on the interior. They've been terrible. Uh, and so it's a mess. Uh, overall, not surprised, right, that Gardner Minshew's the guy. Had to make that move. That was the easiest decision of the year for Doug Marone coming oh, off the game yesterday. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I mean, and once again, it depends how much you, you worry about selling tickets. Obviously, Doug Marone's not worried about that. Doug Marone's looking at, like, who gives us the best chance to win? And when Foles was out there... The offense was anemic. They were slow. He looked like he was just hesitating, not making the good decisions, holding on the ball a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the second half, Minshew comes in. The crowd gets involved a little bit. But it's like you said. It seemed like all three phases of the Jacksonville Jaguars, they got that spark a little bit. You know, now let's be honest. The receivers didn't help Minshew at all sometimes. Too. I mean, like, no. D.D. Westbrook had that drop. Uh, there's a few guys that had some drops that didn't help Minshew. But at the end of the day. They didn't help uh, Foles either. I mean, no, Shark should have had a ball down the field. Beautiful throw yeah. by Foles right down the middle of the field, and he dropped it. But, I mean, you got to make that play. Yeah, but th- this goes back to my point, the one that I made on Thursday, where if you look at Minshew, to me right now, what we've seen from Nick Foles, who I'm going to say he's 0-3, okay? I'm not going to count the Kansas City game, but yeah. Nick Foles is 0-3 right now. To me, Gardner Minshew can make every single throw that Nick Foles can make, but he can do more with his legs. Foles can't make some of the throws that Minshew does because he can't keep the, the play open enough. So from that perspective, to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. You have to go Minshew. You have to go the, with the young guy. You have to see what you have there and then kind of plan that going forward. You said something, though, that is starting to ring very hollow to me in my ears mm-hmm. because I've heard Doug Marone say this the last few weeks, gives us the best chance to win. What the hell did the Jaguars see in Nick Foles in practice that gave them the best chance to win? Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen, I'll go back to the – I thought the game his decision-making hinged on the London game. 
And let's be honest, Minshew was awful against Houston in that game. He was terrible. He didn't give anybody a sign of hope to say, all right, got to stick with this kid. And he had a chance to do that, and he didn't. So that's reality. And so I even said, if he doesn't win that game, I think I'm going back to Foles too. So I, I'm guilty of it, but I'm not getting paid to make those decisions. I'm getting paid to rip them after they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work. So what the heck did they see? That said, this guy gives us a better chance to win if you just describe they both make the same kind of throws, both make the same kind of plays, except one guy will create more time because our offensive line is not very good. One guy, had every, they're going to feed off with energy. The other guy's thinking, well, I'm just trying to get back in here and we'll see how this thing goes. And I'm not even sure how I'm going to respond coming off the broken clavicle, this two-month layoff, mm-hmm. all these things. Almost feels like treating it like it's preseason again. What did they see we had to take a time out when we come back i don't get that gives us the best chance to win because for the last two and a half games i watched a guy out there that sure as hell didn't give you a good chance to win the football game he really didn't do anything outside of made two throws maybe in two and a half games that got you excited yeah. and i'm not even sure that got people excited what was doug marone thinking did he make the wrong call now in hindsight i think that's clear as day And what is the future of Nick Foles in Jacksonville is really the big story. Did the chapter close this quick on the Nick Foles signing? Wow. And what an indictment against the front office this has turned out to be. You thought the Bortles move was bad. This one might be ten times worse. It's next on ESPN 690. At this point, I don't think it really matters what quarterback the Jaguars start when the rest of the team looks like all they want to do is sit around a campfire holding hands and singing Kumbaya. Bunch of hippies. Hell, I wish I was doing that (laughs) instead of at the bank yesterday. (laughs) We're thinking about doing the press box, yeah. Do a little Kumbaya, why not? Marshmallows. Yeah, a little s'mores action. Yeah. Listen, I get you get this all the time, and I understand it. When it looks bad, it looks like they, they're not trying. I don't buy into that. No. I just it, think it looks so disjointed. There's no energy. Doug Marone called it dead yeah. in the first half in terms of his offense. I believe the defense actually played okay mm-hmm. considering their well, circumstance. I mean, they stopped the run, but what does that really say? I thought though? Javis made some really nice throws, though, in the tight coverage at times. I didn't mm-hmm. see guys wide open like we've seen. I mean, there were a couple. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying there have been some major breakdowns on defense, and I didn't see as much of that. And they're playing – their defensive front just isn't that good. I think we figured that out. If they don't bring pressure, it doesn't matter. And I also – you know, they're playing with a linebacking core that's – you know, it is what it is. I'll tell you this, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Sure. And this is a super sub sidebar whatever for this game. But in one afternoon, I felt like I saw number 54 around the football and making more plays than I saw number 44 in the first 12 mm. games. Yeah. Or 11 games. Talk about pain. I mean, and I don't even know if he played well. I'm just saying I recognize number 54 doing things way more than I recognize number 44 who just got paid a lot of money. Sure. The only play I still remember from Miles Jack this season is the pick against Cincinnati, and it was a great play. Mm -hmm. 
And outside of that, I'm talking like big tackles, running sideline to sideline, big hits, hits on the – I don't remember. Now, that might just be my eyes. I'm sure there are more. But I watched number 54 make more plays than 44, and the guy has like 12 career snaps at middle linebacker in his career. Donald Payne, yeah. I mean, he had a sack yesterday. He had an interception yesterday. Well, okay. Well, the guy – yeah. He, he was there, though. That's what I'm there. saying. He yeah. was around the football yeah. right there. Yep. Um yeah, I thought he had a, a decent game for what they asked him to do. Uh, I think those two touchdowns kind of fall on him when Peyton Barber, uh, you know, kind of pranced in the end zone. Yeah. Um, I thought he, and it's, it's, listen, and it's kind of the same story with all their linebackers, you know, and, and Todd Walsh has been preaching this where they're more of a east to west linebacking core than they are north to south. Which I still don't understand at all because if you want to compare it to the San Francisco 49ers, which they kind of run the same defense, San Francisco does not believe in that kind of philosophy. They come downhill, but we'll get into that maybe some other time. But I thought all things considered, I thought Donald Payne played an okay game. Now, once again, in, in the run game a little bit, and don't get it twisted, Tampa Bay's run game was not good. They're a pass first team. I thought they just kind of ran the ball a little bit at the end just to kind of, you know, kind of run the clock out, I guess you would say, because they can feel Minchu bring the momentum. So from that perspective, I mean, they ran probably a little more than they wanted to. But overall, yeah, I mean, I guess Payne, he, listen, he was in the right spot at the, at the right time. Now, maybe he didn't make all the plays sometimes, and maybe uh, he didn't come downhill fast enough, but he was in the right spot. I'm just saying I noticed him. Yeah, uh, you know, it would be nice to notice a defensive thing. player once yeah. in a while, and I noticed him. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of guys I have not noticed in the last month, Yeah, and I, I just want somebody to make a play. Like that first half on offense, nobody made a play. Like there was not a play made in that football game. On offense, none. So Doug Marone had to make a move, and uh, he finally did. And and so what does that mean for Nick Foles now? I will say this about Foles. <laughs> I, I think it's a very small sample uh, and an unusual circumstance. Let's just state that as a fact. This is not a defense of him, but he was playing awful football the last two and a half games. Why that is, I don't know. Uh, I don't think he's that bad is my point. I really don't. I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback as it showed the last two and a half weeks. Might be wrong, but I don't think he's that bad. Uh, I also don't know why it went awry. Was the sitting out for two months trying to get acclimated with this team again? Was the Minshew feel of what he created in his head a little bit? Were they not on the same page with DiFilippo and him? Uh, does he really need tight ends to be successful and this team doesn't have any? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm trying to find him a bunch of excuses. I do think the sample size is small. That's not me advocating that he should play. I, this is the right move to go to Minshew. And to, I saw that firsthand yesterday. If you didn't believe it before, you believe it after yesterday. This is the right move. I also just was kind of surprised. If you really take the context of it, this fan base is upset. They're so mad. I sat out there in the second quarter. It was almost comical. Some of the things that being said, I mean, yeah, I almost have to laugh at it. Yeah. Uh, and it that's a bad place to be, but that's where we we are. And if you really take take into what happened here with Nick Foles and you see it from his point of view, he played one quarter against Kansas City. In fact, his final throw was a beautiful one. He played one quarter in Jacksonville in a Jags uniform in this city, in this field stadium. And he was booed. He played less than two quarters, and he was booed in his home stadium. Yeah, but people also saw what happened on the road, though, I understand. I understand. I'm just saying. So for him, it must be like, whoa. 
and you could see that post game yesterday. I could feel that from Foles. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff of being patient and the trials and the culture that took a backseat even yesterday. It was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like I just got here. I've sure. o- I've only stepped out on that field. A couple of times. So I'm seeing it. I was just like, wow, if you put it in that context, he'll have that context. But now it's bigger than that because there's a different situation here. The Minshew stuff. You need to win now. This fan base is fed up. This coaching staff can't wait. This front office is on the verge of being fired. You couldn't do all the things that Nick Foles was trying to do and say, well, listen, we got time. No, you don't. You don't have time. And that would be the fault of Nick Foles in this whole approach is that he really – wanted to build this thing inside out, but mm-hmm. this wasn't year one for anybody but him. And it, you can't do that. They needed him to come in and hit the gas, man. He needed to be a sense of urgency. And he needed to do this right away like it was Philadelphia and the playoffs were on the line. And you never got that sense from Nick Foles. I think it hurt him with the fan base. I think it hurt inside that locker room because guys don't want to wait. They want to win. And I think it hurt with his play out there, this kind of conservative big-picture approach to saying, we'll get it right, we'll get it right. I don't think that needed to be the approach. His approach needed to be like, man, i got to get hit the ground running, if for nothing else, to hold this kid off. Because yeah. this kid's played pretty well, and they love him around here. Exactly. You know, and it's... Listen, I was I was the one that was happy that Nick Foles was coming to town, right? I think like I mean I don't say I was happy, but I, it made sense to me. To me, it was the best decision to make. The move was bringing made Nick, a lot of sense. It did because he was to me he was the best available free agent. I liked him over Flacco, and I didn't want to draft Dwayne Haskins. Simple as that. So there weren't too many other options. I mean, yeah, make you take Drew Lock. Drew Lock looked pretty good, but I mean, let's be honest, we didn't know Drew Lock was going to come out and uh, and beat Sam. Drew Lock threw for 134 yards and got yeah. gifted a win yesterday, and it but took him 12 weeks to nice, get in there. But he threw some nice looking passes. That's fine. He really did. He did. So uh, that's one game. Listen, with Nick Foles, though, yeah, I mean, I thought it was the best decision to bring him here. And I think the thing that people were drawn towards more than anything was the fact that he had the leadership, right? Because if you look back to 2018, the leadership was lacking. So I think the, the expectation was the Foles to come in to, you know, change the culture, to, to kind of bring that Super Bowl winning mentality to this Jaguars team. And then, you know, it would be hit, hit the road running. And unfortunately, you can be a great teammate, and players can sing your praise and say, yeah, he's a great teammate, he cares about me outside the field. That's fantastic, but if you're not performing on the field, you're never going to lead anybody, and no one's going to ever follow you. And no, I don't feel bad for Nick Foles for being booed at home, and I know Gardner Minshew kind of came out and said that he felt kind of bad for him. I get it, man, but at the end of the day... I'm not saying I feel bad for him, I'm just saying the context of that is he played two quarters and Jacksonville was booed off the field. At the end of the day, I don't feel sorry for you because, number one, you're coming off uh, of a broken bone. So, either... They brought you back too early, which to me makes zero sense because either the the, the bones healed or it's not healed. Okay? It was healed, so it's they didn't bring him back. Too so early. so there's no excuse for bringing him back too early, and then there's no excuse of oh maybe he played against some good defenses. Indianapolis, they're secondary. Tennessee secondary. They're not good. And as far as I'm concerned, you had the advantage of playing on the road because when you had those misfires, when you had those bad passes, when you made those bad decisions, you didn't have a crowd that at home that was booing you. So it was all set up for you to succeed. You could go on the road, maybe win one of those two games, play pretty well, come back to Jacksonville, and still be in the playoff running. But what happened? You didn't do that. You went 0-2. You come back here. You have a bad first half. You get booed. Welcome to the NFL, man. I don't feel sorry for anybody. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, by the way, if you want 
for Nick Foles. I'm trying to think of it from his, like, where did it go wrong? And John Filippo set him up to fail with no rushing attempts for Leonard Fournette a couple weeks ago. And by the way, I think there is an indictment now against this offensive line. And if you, if for Nick Foles, see, that's the thing that got to me. I thought he was way more mobile in Philadelphia than mm-hmm. he's looking right now. He looks old and slow. And I, I mean, was I wrong that when when you watch those games in Philly? Yeah. Well, you remember some of those. I remember him kind of rolling out on some of those plays. I remember. I'm not saying he was fast. I'm not saying he's Russell Wilson. I'm not so saying any I'll of that. But br- I thought he was at least a little bit more mobile. Yeah. My eyes must have been watching a different game. Well, no, I'll say this. I think he looked a lot more comfortable. Like to me, he never looked comfortable out there. Nah, that's a good point. Maybe that's the never word. looked comfortable. Never looked confident. It seemed like every single through throw that he threw. He wasn't stepping up in the pocket. He just, he didn't, I don't know. To me, it's all mental, man. That's what yeah. it's like. You can say, ah, the receivers aren't getting open. Tampa Bay threw some new deep. No. Like, it, it, it falls on falls, and it, I think it just falls on his confidence and his mentality. And right, it, for whatever reason, it's not there. Yeah, confidence. He was yeah. shook. He looked shook. Yeah. He did. It's a good word for yeah. it. That's kind of a cool word to say, right? Shook? shook? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Mob Deep has been doing that since, like, the early 90s. They're, they're a rap group, by the way, oh. in case you didn't know. I was going to say, ones. did they use shook on the gram? Shook ones. Ah, it's not called the gram, though, right? It's, it's only Monday break. Come hashtag on. Hashtag shook. Hashtag Easy. shook. Both of you? All right, we didn't really answer the question. Is he <laughs> done here? Yeah. Let's get into that part. Is Nick Foles done, and is this Minshew's franchise now? I mean, did we just see that happen in the last 24 hours? Next on ESPN 690, star star 690 is the number, 904-362-9901. Oh, I know you got some thoughts, people. Three turnovers in the first quarter. I'm sick to my stomach. This front office is here tomorrow when your show is on. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, he's done. What the heck? You better be listening to our show, man. He's Thanks done. for calling Star Star yeah. 690. Star Star oh. 690 got um, a little traffic yesterday after <laughs> that game. And uh, you can always leave a message, by the way, on, on any of the topics we talk about. But we specifically have it there for the emotions of Jags games. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can leave a message at any time. We try to play as many as we can back during the weekend, especially here. On a, on a Monday that we used to call overreaction Monday, yet I'm not sure this is overreaction to anything. No, now, I mean, I think this is just actual reaction. This is just calling like it is, Brent. This is calling kinda, like it is Mondays. It's kind of like that. And by calling what it is, I want to get to this in a bit. Yeah. And this is where you can really shed some light and help us. But, you know, us, meaning the media, mm-hmm. in that locker room after the game, they there were high tensions in that locker room. Now, Physically, did we see anything going on? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there are some reports of things go- that went on, and they also were not dismissed that nothing didn't happen by Coach Marone today, players yesterday. Mm-hmm. We did hear some shouting in the showers and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I've been in a lot of locker rooms, okay? Yeah. I, I understand. I understand it's a grown man's business. It's a frustrating business, and people want to win. It's a highly competitive business. So I don't get too alarmed by some of that stuff, and I'm not saying I am alarmed. I'll just tell you yesterday did feel a little bit different. Mm. It felt like it was at a boiling point. It felt like it could be combustible, and it felt for a couple of minutes there uncomfortable. Yeah. Like. What else is going to happen in here in a couple of minutes? You know, so we'll get, well, uh, you talk about it quickly, but I want to no, talk no, a little wanna, later on, yeah, on your end of it. No, let's go ahead and talk about it a little later because I want to actually incorporate that to the last uh, call I left the message about the coaching and the changes. I think that kind of coincides together. So I want to get into that a little bit later. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's an interesting tie in with the players that have been rumored to have been involved in yeah. the confrontation, although I've been told a little bit today that that wasn't factual. So 
who the heck knows right now? Sure. The bottom line is something happened. Nobody is dismissing that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's denying that. Uh, and where does it go from? There's four weeks to go. You know, this isn't like two weeks left in the season. One game, we've already been dealing it for, with it for the last two weeks. We still have one more quarter of football to go. <laughs> so four weeks, man. Yeah. Four weeks of the season. Yeah. And really, the only thing to cling to in Jacksonville is this guy named Gardner Minshew. And that's like, a good thing. Like I said, but, though, I'm, uh, I'm going to break it down a little bit here with the coaching and the changes that need to be made, especially in that locker room. All right. Uh, well, Wally uh, is on the line. Uh, thanks for listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Get your thoughts on yesterday. I think you want to talk a little Nick Foles. Wally, what's up? Yeah, well, I'm the guy that at the beginning of the season, when they, or before they signed, when they signed him, uh, I grew up in Philly, and I'm a huge Eagles Hey, Wally, I'm going to let you. Hopefully, Wally is listening. He can call back, but his yeah. phone obviously was breaking up. It didn't sound like that when he called in, but let's see if that's a phone line problem or a Wally issue uh, with we'll his phone. give him a call back, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully uh, you can check back in. Uh, I think we have, let's go to Tom on the line. Hopefully his phone sounds a little bit better. What's up, Tom? Uh, not much. Uh, I got a lot more respect for Doug Marone because at least he gave the bird to Coughlin in the front office, go out on his terms, but the kids look like their best friend came out to play when Minshew came off the sideline. Like they look like they were just happy to be there. Nick Foles is just a dead end. And I know everybody will be gone. Hopefully Nick goes with him, but Minshew's Minshew's the man, the myth, the mustache. (laughs) All right, Tom, appreciate the call. That's a very good way to describe it. I like that comparison. Uh, it, It did look like their best friend in the neighborhood, yeah. Got off his grounding, and now we can all <laughs> play football again. Grounding. You know, everybody's had that moment, right? No, oh, yeah. Where it's like, hey, there. dude, we need you to make yeah. four on four. Yeah. Or we need an automatic quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell have you been? Stop yeah. getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah. We only have seven guys in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's a great, great comparison, man. That's awesome. I love that. But, yeah. And that's what it felt like. It felt like that in the stadium. It felt like that in the city. I think it also, I saw the ratings. Mm-hmm. The ratings got a bump because everybody had pretty much turned it off. Yeah. Uh, and it did feel like that, you know, on the football field, all three phases. What I don't understand, why? Like, why does that happen? These guys, are, you guys are all pros. I say you, I'm going to group you in because you've been there before. Sure. And you played with some bad quarterback play, too, yeah. here in Jacksonville. Yeah. And I'm trying to think back, did you ever get that kind of bump? I mean, you didn't have anybody like a Minshew. You know, but we've seen guys do this before, and, and excuse the comparison, but I think like Denver felt a little bit of this years ago to Tebow, mm. and although it's totally a different situation, because I think in Denver and the NFL as a whole, they were saying, listen, this guy's not an NFL quarterback. He's not going to be a franchise quarterback. I think people feel differently about Minshew. I think Minshew, there's a higher ceiling. There's more. This isn't just like, a, hey, this is a cool thing to do, you know? Yeah. So I'm not trying, but... I, you don't like Flutie. I always bring up Flutie and say, I hate bringing up the Tebow comp. I really like bringing up Doug Flutie. I followed Doug Flutie when he went to the pros. He had to go to the Canadian League. They didn't believe him. And then Buffalo put him in. The Patriots had him for a little bit. Now, again, Patriots stunk at this time when the Patriots had him. Chicago, I think he played for. Flutie energized people. He energized the crowd. He energized the offense, the defense, the special teams, the sideline. Guys have that, and Minshew has that. We mm-hmm. know he has that. I don't know what else he has, but he definitely has that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember anybody else doing that in your career, though? Well, uh, yeah. And, I told, and why does it happen? I'm sure the story before, and it, and it said that, like, this is my only example, but 
it, it reminded me not so much of like the crowd reaction because the crowd didn't really give uh, a crap when he came in, but Trent Edwards. All right, so my rookie year, Trent Edwards, I think played only in two or three games because he got hurt. Yeah, Captain Checkdown. Yeah, he. Well, okay, there you go. He he came in for Dave, and it, this was like a prime time game. I want to say it was a, a Monday night game. It must have been uh, my rookie year. Probably the last and, one this franchise has had. Oh, exactly. It's well, unless it's Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, you guys screwed that up. Probably yeah. had a bad performance. <laughs> uh, we were eight eight that year. All right, but so Trent, Trent Edwards comes in, and like first of all, his personality, Brent. Like he's, you know, he's just kind of he was a laid back kind of guy, but he was one of the cool. He reminded me of Alex Smith. Where Alex Smith, there's something about him where he's just like he's calm, cool, collected, easygoing, but like you'd go to battle for him for whatever reason. And Trent Edwards won the respect of the locker room because on like a third and like ten play, uh, he scrambled. He's not the most athletic dude, but he scrambled out, took like a like a the biggest hit you've ever seen, gets the first down, takes the hit, stands back up and like just flexes on the guy and goes first <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah. And like that's all we needed to be like, oh, we're rolling with Trent. And I'll never forget. Uh, after that, so that, that game at halftime, we come back to the locker room and I found Trent. I'm like Trent. We're rolling with you, man. We got you, man. Let's do this. Like, we were excited just because of that one play. Interesting. And with Minshew, it's exemplified by a hundred because he makes those plays nonstop. He's not afraid to get hit. He's willing to extend the play. He's almost got, like, that backyard Brett Favre type of style. Mm -hmm. But... It just, you know, and I guess that kind of style, it shows how much you want to win. Well, sure, you may make a couple mistakes. You may fumble the ball here. You may throw a bad pick, but you're trying your darndest to win. And I think guys can relate to that. And they know when Minshew comes in, it's not just going to be like, I'm going to throw the ball away and we'll, we'll go three and out here. No, I'm going to try to make these plays, whether they're right or wrong. But guys can respond to that. So that's why I think when he came in, guys are like, all right. He's going to do everything in his power to try to make us win. Well, and, and they you, respect and that. And you offset it by the last two and a half games, which have been so bad. Yeah. And then it, it actually feels a thousand times that. Yeah. And you experienced it before. You've yeah. seen it from Minshew, so you can believe in it. You saw it happen yeah. for eight games. But now, to be fair, Trent Edwards got hurt like the game after that. And then we, then we had to go <laughs> yeah. to Todd Ballman off the tractor, who was farming, and all of a sudden they gave him a call, and he was <laughs> off the tractor on their team. So <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Jacksonville, Austin Lane is here to remind us it's actually been worse. <laughs> dude, nothing is, dude. Todd Bauman's a good guy, though, too, man. Nothing oh, against him. Oh, he's fantastic. Hey, you, know my biggest, you know what I was ticked off about this summer when we tried to revisit the 25 seasons sure. of Jaguars? I tried to get in touch with Bauman, yeah. and I couldn't find him. Oh, he's, he's like, off the grid, man. I, come on. Uh, no, I, I should have. Like, I just couldn't get in touch with him. Oh, like, I, gotcha. I knew where he is. I, I tracked where his location was, yeah. left a couple messages. But I would have loved to talk to him. He was a cool dude. Oh, he was a very cool guy. Really good guy. He doesn't have, like, Twitter or anything, right? He doesn't have no, Instagram. God. That's what I'm dude, saying. He is he's, on the he's, tractor, he's, he's, he's man. He's off the There's grid. No That's what I'm that saying. guy's on Facebook, the guy's Instagram, off the grid. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> off the grid. <laughs> now, maybe his kids are. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, he's not. Uh, South Beach Gary, yeah, he's been hanging around for a bit. Are we going to have to hear about the Dolphins? This is a good win by your Dolphins, man. I can't believe the Eagles lost that game. What a mess. The, the Jaguars are a mess. Yeah. The Eagles Thank might you. be next up. <laughs> Let's make the song of the day. She's my kind of rain, but in the draw. Oh, that right. song's back. Kind of fits the mood around here. But, uh, yeah, only one win less than the Jags now, Austin. But I remember. Hey, Austin, I hope you keep winning. We'll take a top five draft yeah, pick take that now. Pick. Austin, I remember you and I talking in the preseason about the penalties, and all year it hasn't been cleaned up, which goes back to a coaching issue and a big discipline. And, Brent, you kind of dismissed the idea. You think you thought it was really overplayed. Mm -hmm. But. Usually, Austin, not always, bad teams commit the most penalties. It doesn't always correlate unless you have super talent that, that can overcome them. I mean, the Raiders used to be a heavy penalized team, but when they had a lot of talent on the team, they were able to overcome it. But for the most part, 
the, the undisciplined teams commit the most penalties, the, the, the worst poorly coached team, and it hasn't changed all year. I remember you and I discussing it from uh, after the first preseason game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and to be fair, uh, Gary, that's why I'm literally like, listen, I'm kind of going through like my stages of grief and then acceptance where it's to the point where I've said it since preseason and it hasn't got addressed. So, like, if, if nobody else cares on that team, then why should I care about the penalties? Because no one on that team seems to care. Like, they, they don't address it. And I get what you're saying, Brent. They don't maybe have the, the most talent to, to fend off those kind of penalties. You know, like, if you're an offensive lineman and the guy beats you on the pass rush, sometimes you have to hold and try to save the sack. I understand that standpoint, but the false starts, just uh, the legal hands, just things that are, are totally coachable. And I think if you're the, a coach right now on that Jaguar staff, and yeah, I get it. I mean, you're probably coming to an end here of your time in Jacksonville. But you have to understand what you're doing right now, and in individual drills and in team drills, whatever you guys are doing, it's not working. Yeah, you're the most penalized team right now in the NFL, and it's been set up like that for a long time. You don't have the offense to counterbalance that because we talked about last year. The Kansas City Chiefs were the most penalized team last year. Oh, good, they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Second and twenty doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. The so Jets, you better have talent to overcome it. Exactly. And that's what Gary just said. But but if, if you're the coaching staff, you have to look at yourself and be like, we have to change something up because. Beating the, the dead horse of doing the same things over and over again to the same results, once again, it's the definition of insanity. And right now, it's absolutely insane that the Jaguars are leading the NFL in penalty. Odds. I die on top of the hill of it's a player's game. Players make plays. I still believe it's players, it's players, it's players. But the Jaguars are not doing a good job of coaching. And that is clear as day by the fact that they are the worst team in the NFL the last month. They have lost four games in a row by 17-plus points in a game in a league that does not support that kind of losing. Like, it's not created that way. I'll give you the Cincinnati Bengals still playing hard, still fighting and winning a football game. Prior to beating the Jets, I thought the Jets had kind of turned it around yeah. for a couple of weeks. They must be doing a better job coaching. The Miami Dolphins, they must be doing a better job coaching. So I'm giving you examples of awful teams. The Washington Redskins. Callahan well, must be doing a better. So something it has to do with something with coaching because they all have terrible players. Like they're but it's, not all terrible, yeah. but they're not good teams. So it's funny the teams that you mentioned, the, the, the Miami Dolphins, Brent, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who are playing better now. It looks like right. Well, the Cincinnati Bengals, second to last right now in penalty yards per game. Second to last, and the Dolphins, fourth to last. Well, that's a good call. So if you're not very good, you better play sound football. Exactly. Right? Yep. Uh, from a talent standpoint, Without a doubt. it's a good call. I think we have Wally back, uh, and then we're going to hit uh, Marcus on, on Gardner Minshew in just a moment. But what's up, Wally? I uh, hope the connection's a little hey. better. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so I was disappointed to see what happened with, um, with Falls, although I predicted it kind of. In the beginning, and between that and the Eagles playing horrible yesterday, it was a very depressing day. Um, the funny thing is, friends up in Philly were saying, oh, we shouldn't have gotten rid of Nick Foles. He's, he's the one that the team responded to. And I'm like, do you guys even watch down here? Because he just got <laughs> benched. Yeah. And they're, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, but both teams are a wreck. I just think the Eagles are lucky that the Cowboys are, are nearly as bad as they are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. By the way, the Eagles, that was horrendous. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you have everything in front of you, 
and you're that football team. I understand they're depleted on offense a bit, but well, they let the Miami Dolphins score. 30, they were up, I think, two scores in that game. They yeah. let the Miami Dolphins score 37 points on them no, in a game sure. you have to win. Yeah, look out, Doug Peterson. The shine is off there too. And the shine is off. And listen, I get they have the injuries, but a lot of guys are coming back. The Matt Ertz back. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey's getting back to 100. percent I think Aguilar played as well. So. I mean, I get it. Jordan Howard's out, and maybe that's the big deal. But Miles Sanders, I thought, kind of filled in for him nicely. So, I don't know what's up with the Eagles, man. Especially Jim Schwartz, you know, the defensive coordinator, who's a pretty proud individual, giving up 37 points to Fitzmagic and the Miami Dolphins. Not a good look. And their defense had played well the last two weeks. I know. Their offense was so bad. And, uh, and here's the crazy thing, Brent. They're on a three-game losing streak, still in contention to win the division. I know it. Still in contention. That's how bad the NFL. The NFL's bad right now. <laughs> still in contention. I think the 10 and 2 Patriots are like. An average football team. They looked like it last night. Probably a little below average. Yeah, they looked below average. Yeah. And uh, maybe there's some concerns. The only thing that I have joy of today is that all the Patriots fans back home are starting to hit a panic button like it's over. <laughs> and I love every second of it. I'm a bad person for it, but I love every second of it. You spoiled, rotten sons of guns. Uh, Marcus is on the line right now. Wants to talk a little Minshew. What's up, man? What's going on, man? How y'all doing in there today? I'm doing good, Marcus. better, but I'm glad you're calling in and listening. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, I did an interview around the Georgia Florida the weekend, man, when, when um Foles was just coming back and they was um and, and Minshew was hot. And I said back then, don't take the hot man out mm-hmm. another guy because it happened to us before. And that's exactly what we did. At that time we was what, maybe a game or two. We was actually we were four and five, maybe a game out. Yeah. And ever since then the um <laughs> the doors have fell off, man. But I don't think we can really blame Nick Foles. Nick Foles is just showing us who he's always been. We 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 pay Nick Foles based upon about a 13-game radius. But you look at his career before then, it, it, he's just doing the same thing he's always done. Marcus, appreciate the call, man. Thanks for jumping in on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. He's not I, wrong. I, I, well, that's true from the getting hurt stuff to, to the numbers. I'm, yeah. I just... I, I'm looking at Nick Foles right now, and I don't think he's as bad a quarterback as the last two and a half games. I, maybe I'm wrong. So no, to, uh, but to I don't fair. think he's that bad. I don't think he's what I saw yesterday on the field that yeah. bad of a quarterback. I know a lot of people do. I get it. That's fine. You might be right. Yeah, I've been wrong plenty of times about that damn position. Yeah. So let's be honest here. I think Nick Foles is brought in from the standpoint of we don't need you to win a lot of games. We need you to do what you did in Philly. We're going to put the good guys around you. You're going to have a solid offensive line, and you just you going to go out there and not lose us games. Maybe you win us a couple games, but don't lose us games. Well, Foles can't even manage games right now, right? Like he he came to stay in a drive. And I think the fact that the Jaguars don't have a lot of talent right now on offense or defense, it seems like for the most part, uh, that's hindering him. You know, because even in Philadelphia, at least he had the talent around him. They, they never really asked him to go out in Philly and win ball games. Now, he had some plays here in the Super Bowl and plays here, but it was more about just managing it. Yeah. And when you come to game manage a team in Jacksonville, well, you don't have the guys around to support you, so you're kind of screwed, in my opinion. Well, they're certainly not playing at a good level. I mean, this is the, everybody's playing bad. Yeah. And the quarterback has to hide that sometimes, and he doesn't have the capability to do it. He looks slow. He looks old. He looks done. Is he done in Jacksonville? Is this Minshew's team and the locker room stuff next on ESPN 690? Ooh, 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 what you gonna do? Gonna give me some of that gonna Minshew. <laughs> what the heck was that? Was that you? That was me. Yeah, I was uh, I was about four Miller Lights deep. <laughs> And uh, I apologize, Brent. I was in the press box, I guess, yeah. No, that was not me, man. I don't know what that was. Ooh, 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 what you gonna do? Ooh, 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 what you gonna do? Ooh, 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 what you gonna do? Ooh, ooh,
what you gonna do? Gonna give me some of that gonna That was it? Wow. Goose? Hey. That, that was it? Well, no, I, I put a beat to it. I made a song if you, if you want to hear it. Let's get it. Yo, you made a song out of that? A good 30 seconds of it. Let's yeah. go. Okay, here we go. It's gonna be alright. Unreal. That's the most impressive thing Coos has ever done. Oh, without a doubt. Here on the show. That was very nice. And it's I'm, it's it's the best use of Star Star 690 ever. <laughs> I mean, if Sing that's a selling song. point to the sponsors, I don't know what more you guys want from us. I know. Let's be honest. I mean, if you're not listening to this show, it's your mistake. Yeah. Make it radio history, Brendan. One day at a time, man. <laughs> radio gold here at ESPN 690. I literally was sitting in my office listening to the voicemails, and when I heard that, I went, I'm getting nothing else done today. I'm just going to turn this into a song. Nicely done. Um, that is good. Coos, very good. Brent Martino, former Jag Austin Lane. Coos here. By the way, everybody's Thanksgiving good. Coos, uh, did you oh, get the story here? Were they surprised by your arrival or were they listening to the show? They were surprised. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. You didn't ruin it. Yeah. Let's celebrate that, Brent. Yeah. They listen to the, the show. Heck, Coos family. That's what I'm saying, yeah, man. What are we celebrating this for? Talking about Foles and the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, we might just move there. You know, I'm pretty sure my dad's. Not wanting to talk about the Eagles right now. Yeah, probably not. Um, Sore subject. But uh, so a good time at home. It was a quick trip, but yeah, good one. I I probably should have surprised my mom in a different way because I literally just like came up from behind her and grabbed her shoulders and she screamed like she was being robbed in the garage. And my dad came running out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, at least she's surprised and got home. That's good. Uh, weather was okay. So getting a lot of snow up there now. I was a little worried. Good scene in the Giants game. We got oh, yeah, that was There's fun. nothing better than watching snow games snow on games, TV. Snow games, man, that's football You, you know, like, real, like, ratings go up. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, if it's it snows. snows. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, well, they really do, like, because it's fun to watch. Well, I'm sure, especially like, in the South, like in Jacksonville, I mean, it's so uncommon, right? So people yeah. are intrigued by it, for sure. Well, up north, the ratings go up because they're probably snowed in. There's nothing else you can do. <laughs> yeah, you're probably at a bar, you're probably at your home drinking a beer. But yeah. I just think there is this facet. It's kind of like watching Gardner Minshew or Nick Foles. Yeah. You'd rather watch a game in the snow than in the rain or on a sunny day. Correct. <laughs> absolutely. On your TV. I, absolutely. I like it. <laughs> Everything's tied to Minshew right it now. It is, man. No, nothing wrong with that. Uh, how about your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was solid, man. Yeah, did a little, a little, I was a little block party. Fun. Heard you, did you Saw do karaoke friends. for real, or were they kidding? <clears throat> no, I, I didn't do karaoke. You did? No, no. I think you're lying. Dude, I'm not going to do karaoke at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. No, no, I, 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 I didn't. They're probably just joking. They were joking. Yeah. 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 But no, I, I saw our friends at Vita de Louis out there. So they had the drinks flowing. So I, I might have partook in a couple cocktails, but it was a good time. See, this crowded, man. You should just retire from this MMA stuff. And do what? I drink? What no, are you this, getting at? You can do a hell of a lot more when you're not in fight camp. Oh, I got you. I got it's you. It's like the first drink I feel like you've had in, in a long time. It's been a long time, man. Yeah. Yep. Ah, the Super Bowl again. I'll, I'll probably splurge a little bit. All right. We have to play some darts again, remember? <laughs> you remember <laughs> how that panned out? It did, I do. I won. Yeah. yeah, you did. That's how I remember. <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, all right. Well, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, what about you? Well, you had to show you. I mean, first of all, went to the best yeah, we'll two college it. football games. I know how to pick them. Yeah, I guess you do, man. It was a great trip, really. Yeah. Yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi State was awesome. Yeah. I will say this about, uh, I'm not going to talk about my whole trip, but I saw the game. You 
those two games. I saw them as well. And we actually spent some time in Birmingham, which was awesome. We saw the oldest ballpark in America. That was really cool. Legion cool. Field, where a lot of history is. Uh, so the whole trip was fantastic. A lot of driving, but it was fantastic. I am getting old, too. Actually, on the way home from Auburn, I had to pull over and sleep for like 20 minutes. Because we got back at like 3.30 in the morning. Sure. I don't know if I, and I, I'm usually not that tired. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not going to make hurting. it. Okay. Um, so Smart, though. Smart you didn't fall asleep. We drove, drive a lot. We drove, yeah. I, I counted it up. It was a 79-hour trip, and we drove 20 hours. Oof. <laughs> so we drove a lot. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but it was worth it. It was a lot yeah. of fun. And I, I the Auburn-Alabama game was everything. Right. I mean, yeah. it was an unbelievable game. Yep. And the atmosphere was great. It and definitely it, delivered. It, you know what's really cool is watching a game when you really don't care who wins. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a – I don't love Alabama. I don't – I get tired of the Patriots. I get tired of the Alabama. I, that's true. But I actually was – I wasn't rooting against Alabama in any way because I wanted Mac Jones to play well. Of course. He's a local kid. Yeah. And so – Which, I mean, he showed glimpses. You know, he had those two – He had those two mistakes. Outside yeah. of that, I thought he played really a good football For game. For sure. Now, those were huge mistakes. So Very big. So let's not sugarcoat it. But yeah. uh, I thought he played pretty good football game. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about Alabama and Auburn and, and what it all looks like uh, now in the playoff picture in, in a little bit later on. Plus, we're keeping an eye on Florida State news with the coaching stuff. Bob Stoops' name continues to get back in the mix here. Uh, and there's been some college coaching vacancies elsewhere, including at – Ole Miss, yeah. um, and you know, obviously that Washington game Thursday well, night was the guy. <laughs> yeah, takes well, a pee in the end zone. Yeah, and gets the flag. I mean, it was incredible that finish it, yeah. on Thanksgiving night. Well, let me ask you this too. I mean, does that celebration does that cost the coach's job? Do you think? Uh, I think the, I I would say yes. Yeah. I I yeah. think overall yes. Yeah. And I think it might have kept Mississippi State's coach Joe Moorhead sure. his job. Yeah. It, if the if it flips, mm-hmm. you might be looking at a different situation. Yeah. Some reports out of like Ole Miss too that they really like Matt Luke, the players, and think half of them are thinking of leaving because Whoa. he's gone. So, but there are discipline problems that people have talked about at Ole Miss for a while. So. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the reasons, and that just kind of put an exclamation point. Again, mm-hmm. you lose to your rival, man. It stings so much. People get emotional. But what I wanted to say about that game is we're leaving the Egg Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was a good crowd for two teams that are really pretty average. And, and to be fair, you guys did not go on the field, right? You guys stay in the stands. Oh, uh, that's the Iron Bowl. We did oh, not I'm go on sorry, the field. Oh, I'm sorry, the Egg Bowl. Yeah, no, sorry, Egg Bowl, sorry, right, yeah, yeah, but no, Iron yeah. Bowl, we did. Uh, sorry, yeah. we, we didn't either. We stayed gotcha. up top. Okay. Uh, but, so the Egg Bowl. But the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, you're talking about like a 6-5 and five team and mm-hmm. a, what it was, a 4-8 four and, four and eight team. Now the Ole Miss lost. And this is the beauty of college football. This is what I want to experience a little bit, uh, kind of as a neutral observer, watching the different venues, watching the different games, the rivalries. And you, we were leaving that stadium, yep. and you would think Mississippi State was 10-1 and and yeah. in the national championship picture. That's how much that game meant to them to win. Mm-hmm. That's how fun it was. The cowbells were ringing. I mean, it was really kind of cool, that scene. Yeah. And that's what college football gives you, I think. Like, you could have fun at a Jags game or an NFL game. But if you're if they beat the Chargers next week and they're five and eight, mm-hmm. okay, they're five and eight, great. That was fun to watch. See you later. Sure. But again, at Mississippi State, that game that meant the world. Yeah. Uh, that they won that game, and especially in the style that they won it. So <laughs> we had a lot of fun. All right, back to Foles and, and the Jags and, and everything else. What do they do with them? I've said I think he'll be on the roster in 2020. Now this was before this game, and this was before the switch back. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're cutting him. There's a huge cap hit if they cut him. Most people are going to tell me that they don't think they can trade him. I think you even kind of wonder if they could trade him. That's what I'm kind of leaning towards right now. I think they could trade him. 
I think there's always somebody that's looking for a quarterback. Now, when that would be, I don't know how much you'd have to pay of that. Would it be Osweiler-esque? Do you have to throw in a draft pick as well? Well, keep I in mean, mind, looking for a starting quarterback because no one's going to trade for a backup Nick Foles. And that's the problem, this right? has to be a starter. Yeah. Are you convinced now with this move that this is Minshew's franchise? Yes, because I was very adamant of saying, well, listen, I, I thought when – Foles went in that you can't go back to Minshew. And then I said, if Minshew goes back in for Foles, you can never go back to Foles. But what happened yesterday, Minshew goes in, Foles goes out. There's no going back now. And the fact that there's even a quarterback, you know, controversy leading up to today where it's like, I don't know who the starter is going to be. You know exactly who the starter is going to be. As soon as Foles went out, that was the last time Foles, in my opinion, went out as a Jacksonville Jaguar. Okay, so take money out of it for a second. Mm -hmm. The Jags would absolutely want to keep Foles, right? From a strengthening the position? I mean, even as a backup. I know you don't want $22 million on the back. Yeah, yeah, I said no, take I, money I out of it. I know. Well, that's hard to do, man, because it's all about the money in the NFL. But, okay, got you. Well, they might be forced to. By the way, I know actual cash is different than dead cap space, like we're seeing that with the Blake Bortles situation. Yeah. But the dead cap can handicap you, too. Mm-hmm. And so if you're getting nothing out of that position, it's certainly something to take into consideration, especially when you're so cheap on the other end. Keep in mind, Gardner Mitchell's going to make a half a million dollars. So I understand it. I understand the the optics of that. You can't keep a $22 million quarterback. But my point is they'd be better off having two quarterbacks like Foles and Minshew on the roster without the dollar scenario. Correct. Or should they just get rid of them and draft somebody else and start thinking young in both respects, <sighs> Minshew and a young guy? See, to me, especially, well, and that kind of depends if DeFilippo sticks around, which I think it'll probably be a clean slate. I would not plan on house, anybody so being around except for you that, and me. But ex- <laughs> and even that and might be a little That's we'll tenuous, see. probably, we'll depending see. on what we say over the next we'll month. We'll see. Yeah, I can't do any interviews in the stadium. i got to remember like that my, for my the boss, observation. My boss texted me at, at halftime. Yeah. He said, who's getting fired today? Yeah. I responded me after I swear on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody's safe. Kept it together. I, I respect your style. Uh, ideally, Brent, you would want to keep a veteran, especially as a backup quarterback, just to kind of mentor Gardner Minshew a little bit. It is kind of a weird relationship, though, because you are the former starter and now you're mentoring the backup. And like that's, ha- I mean, I guess that happens all the time. Like it happened with Flacco and Lamar Jackson a little bit. And all things out of the, the, the Ravens camp was that Flacco was fantastic with, with the Jackson when he went in. Happened with Foles so, and Wentz. Happened with Foles and Wentz. So it does happen. Ah, oh, man. If you take money out of it, yeah. By, by all means, keep Foles. That's fine. Keep him as a backup. But, and not but, go get another quarterback in the second. You have two picks in the first round. You have, yeah. I mean, no, that, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, are you comfortable with Minshew being the guy? Do we know mm. that much? Are you that confident that well, Gardner I mean, Minshew for yeah. the next two years, three years, four years, ten years, fifteen years is the guy in Jacksonville? You're committing to Gardner Minshew. So, because it's not just about Foles here. No, it's also I, about I get Minshew. you, man. I get you. So these next four games will be very telling, obviously. Um, do you commit to Minshew? I think that you commit as much as you can. And if there's something that presents itself, I, I wouldn't draft another quarterback the first, second round. Wouldn't do that at all. I, I would wait till later rounds, if, if, if anything, because. Well, that's where you got Minshew in the first place, right? Yeah. So I and think they do have Josh Dobbs on the roster. They, they do have Josh Dobbs in the roster. Maybe some presents itself in free agency where there's a cheap backup quarterback option. Go after that as well. But ideally what you want to do, in my opinion, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, is you want to trade Foles away. But the problem, like I kind of brought up to your attention uh, during a break, was the fact that I can't really see foresee a team trading for him. Because you've got teams like the Dolphins, teams like the Bengals. Um, 
you know, like I think they're pretty committed on drafting, obviously, you know, the first round quarterback. And that's what teams should do. You should build through the draft. I mean, I can't really foresee maybe like the Detroit Lions if Stafford's on his way out pretty soon. Like I can't really yeah, see a lot of it. money tied up there. Yeah. I, I can't really see a team just, you know, willing to trade and seeing what Foles has done this year, seeing his resume and being like, you know what? Let's bring this guy on our team. Let's let's let him lead our franchise. So it's kind of a double edged sword where Yes, Minshew's the quarterback now because Foles played so bad, but Foles has played so bad this year where would a team even want to trade for him in the first place? What about somebody like the Indianapolis Colts? They've got a ton of money. Yeah. They've got, I think, draft capital anyway, but they have a Brissett situation, but they experienced the loss of luck and even the uh, the loss of Brissett for a game. See, I think what other people around the league have to notice, and I think you have to keep an eye on this in Jacksonville too. I don't, I, I, we don't know how durable Minshew is. He was on the injury report three different times in eight weeks. And his style, and he's a, a smaller guy, I think it makes me wonder a little bit about health. But around the league, everybody's wondering about health. I mean, the, the New Orleans Saints kept their train on the track because they paid Teddy Bridgewater a decent amount of money to stay as their backup quarterback. The Philadelphia well, Eagles won a Super Bowl because they paid a decent amount of money at that time yeah. for Nick Foles to be their uh, their backup quarterback. Also, though, give Teddy Bridgewater some credit because he took a pay cut because he, he because of the, the culture that New Orleans Saints have built up where he wanted to play for less money as a backup in New Orleans than he did as a starter in someplace else. Yeah, so so I, props to the Saints culture as well. And I'm not saying people are going to spend $22 million on it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's somehow you can get rid of that. Some of that dollars, Jags probably get stuck with some of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would try to do whatever you have have to do and get rid of everything next year. Well, and, and there's one other caveat here. I think we're on the same page with this one. Maybe. Who the heck's making the decisions? No, we're not on the same page. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, who's, a, we yeah. have no idea sure. if the people coming in as a GM, which I think is going to happen, mm-hmm. and the people coming in as a head coach mm-hmm. are going to like either one of these guys as a quarterback. Sure. Yeah. I and mean, they're going to be stuck listen, with them in year one. Listen, if stuck, it, I say. Yeah. But, if you, if you go by Minshew's first-year numbers, and any quarterback that comes in, Brent, they're at least going to be intrigued by him. And to me, they would roll with him. Whether it's an old-school philosophy coach or a new-school guy, offensive-minded coach, I think anybody's going to fall in love with Minshew, especially the way the NFL is going with you know these mobile quarterbacks. Not saying Minshew's the most mobile, but he does create the place, oh, right? Well, shoot, and he looks like a track star next, next to Foles. Foles. So I think any coach like that comes watching. <laughs> Who are we watching? Uh, uh, what's his finish? name? What's his name? Usain uh, Bolt? Usain Bolt. Nailed it. All right. Uh, Who's the other one? It was, uh, Carl Lewis is where I was going to go, but I didn't know if you'd get that one. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's a little old school, but I think I remember reading about him in history class, so there we go. Carl no, Lewis. That was is. Jesse Owens, probably. I don't know, man. You know, they, 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 they all blend together. I'm sorry, dude. That was that sounded really bad. Carl Lewis, Jesse uh, Owens. Very sounded great better Olympians. than you said it, very, not me. <laughs> very, very great Olympians, nonetheless. But um, I think any coach would be intrigued uh, by Mentioned for sure, but the other caveat that we have to keep in mind here, and I think it'd be—I mean, I'm not saying it's the ideal scenario for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it'd free up a lot of money. And I'm never going to tell anybody in the NFL to retire. I'm not going to say anybody to walk away. But you have to wonder if Nick Foles is kind of on the back nine of his career now, because think about it—he yeah. he had it all set up in Jacksonville, right? Like you had a good thing in Philly. You come to Jacksonville. Your offensive coordinator is John DeFilippo. You have experience working with him. Everything was in place for Nick Foles to be successful. Okay. Didn't go his way. He failed. And now we'll see if he's going to stay on the Jaguars or go someplace else. But if that's the case, would you even want to go someplace else? Or nonetheless, would you want to be a backup quarterback anymore? Yeah, and I think that's so, a fair question. I try to I try to put myself in these guys' situation, even yeah. though it's impossible. You yeah. can do that better. Sure. But 
I, I, well, I, and don't Nick forget, Foles, this was a guy that was ready to retire. Uh, he has contemplated things. Ago. You know, the space he's in right now is one of he's at peace with himself. Now, this mm-hmm. is a tough one in the last 24 hours, but you can get the sense that he's at peace with whatever the heck goes on, right? Yeah. Uh, eventually, he. It's been a tough going here in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, from the miscarriage with him yeah. and his wife, and in the off season, this start to the year with a broken clavicle. Mitchu all of a sudden raising and, and changing kind of the dynamic of this whole quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they had Joshua Dobbs as the backup quarterback and not Minshew, I, I don't think we'd be railing on Foles because it's the best. Year. Now, he probably would be because of the way he's played, but it wouldn't be like get him out of town. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, hey, this is just a lost year. But Minshew has created this different dynamic that has really changed it for Nick Foles. And so could you see a sense of that? I'm going back to L.A., man. I'm going out to California, and and let's just live life. Let's just do the next thing. And maybe this is a sign that we should do the next thing. I I don't know. We have no idea. And his head is not in that place right now. But where will it be? I'm just telling you this. I am not convinced. This is all happening really fast to the point of so fast that I'm not convinced yet that he's not in Jacksonville next year. I, I really am not there. I know everybody else is like, ship him back to Philly or this or that. First of all, you said it. it's not going to be easy. There's a lot of money tied to this thing. Yep. And secondly, I got to see more from Gardner Minshew. And I almost feel like I haven't seen enough from Nick Foles to really make that kind of conclusion already, uh, which sounds silly because we've seen him play really bad football these last two and a half games. Understood. <laughs> yeah. I get it. But for that kind of investment, I mean, that's like buying a brand new $50,000 car, man, and driving it for a week. Yeah. And saying, I don't like it. Yeah. Did you give it enough time? I mean, maybe you did. Mm-hmm. And the answer there might be you did. Maybe you did. You know it. You don't like it. Yeah. But there's also a chance that maybe you need to give it another week or two. True. But at the same time, when you got that car, that $50,000 car, you always test drive it first. And you find out a lot about that. In the test drive, you find out a lot about what kind of car that it's going to be and if you're going to invest in that or not. Well, the Jaguars got their test drive in the past three games right now with, with Nick Foles. Yeah. And if you're the Jaguars, I wouldn't pull the trigger on that deal. Now, here's a sad thing. You you have the car already, all right? Look at the cars in your garage. Yeah, you, you paid for you're, it. You're, you're pot committed. Use dad's credit card, and dad's <laughs> ticked off too. Whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, that situation's going on. So you either have the opportunity to try to trade the car, or you know just get rid of it, wash your hands of it because you don't like it, or you make the best of the situation and it sits in the garage and you go get another. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I think from that perspective, I get it. The sample size, three games, it's not a lot. But the sample size of Minshew, it's not a lot either. So from that perspective, once again, do you roll with the bet? Do you roll with the young guy? And I think you roll with the young guy. What's the Kelly Blue Book on <laughs> Nick Foles right now? Sure as hell ain't 88 million. <laughs> I got two. If I can weigh in By on the way, If Cox, what do we own? What part of that? What's a car thing? Oh, uh, it is Kelly Blue Book, I think. Is it? Mannheim is just, are you thinking about Mannheim? Yeah. Mannheim is what we, Auto Trader, yeah, Mannheim. Auto Trader? So yeah. should I really set an Auto Trader reference rather than the Kelly Blue Book? That's I, what I, I don't know. I don't know. I should know the answer to that, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. We work for Cox, Me- Kelly Blue we work for Cox yeah. Media Group, not Cox Enterprises anyway. Yeah, good good call. As of, as of, as of sometime later this month, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, I digress real quickly, though. Two thoughts on that. Number one. You know, you talk about whether he retires. What's the financial impact of that if he were to retire for both him and for the Jags? Well, it in other words, do, does it wipe off the books all yes. the other money? The, uh, the money's the, I, the guaranteed money is still paid, and that's it. 
And, and then does that I, not account against the cap and all that other so stuff? So I think a percentage of the guaranteed money, correct? Or I mean, would it be all of it? I'm, the, I'm pretty sure guaranteed money is okay. guaranteed money. Okay. So now, that's the I'll question double, I would ask. Double down on, I have to double check on that. But uh, I also think I think everything else goes away. Now, the dead money is something that's – I'm not very good at that. Uh, yeah. But I'll check on that. That's a good question. Those are good questions to ask because to me, like right now, I don't know how much of a good situation that would necessarily be for the Jets. But I don't think Telvin Smith's costing them anything. He's on that reserve retired list. That's His definitely salary, not costing them anything. But even dead money wise, I don't think it does. That so, I agree with. Well, no. so, so then his wouldn't either. So I think yeah. the only thing out there would be the guarantees, which I assume they've already cut him the check for that whopping whatever it was no, thirty some, uh, or is that a yearly thing they've got to pay and it's already been accounted for as far as the cap and all that. It depends. It was over the first two years was where he was going to make a ton of that money. Right. I didn't get a second contract, so you're asking the wrong dude here. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, bottom line, bottom line is, bonus. That was great. Bottom line, as far as going <laughs> forward, I think the concerned, best thing for the Jags would be for retirement. For retirement. Yeah, yeah. Fair Let's enough. just say yeah. that. Okay. Here's the other thing I would throw into this mix is you're talking about a future coach, which is a bit, you know, a, a fairly safe assumption at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But, fairly but, safe. Well, I mean, I don't know. What do I know? But if there is a new coach, I mean. You don't think a new coach is going to take a job not already knowing what his thoughts are on who's going to be the quarterback? In other words, it's the most important position on a football team. Number one, is this going to hurt in attracting a head football coach? And number two, that football coach ain't coming here without a plan in place. I mean, in his interviews, he's going to have to say, I really like this young kid, or I think we need to stick with Foles. You know, those I mean... That's going to be part of that process of finding yeah. the next coach. That, to me, is why this has got to be kind of a, a decision made even before you hire that new coach, right? So, you know, you're correct. And here's the thing with coaches, though, John. And whether they get an offensive-minded coach who takes over the reins and, um, you know, calls the offense, or if they get an offensive coordinator to replace John Filippo. The point is, whoever comes in is going to be very intrigued by Gardner Minshew because he is so young. Mm-hmm. And coaches have an ego about him, whether it's the head coach or offensive coordinator. And coaches look at Gardner Minshew and be like, I can make him play my system because he's young. Um, he, he's, he hasn't been molded to a different system. Like I can create him basically in my image. So from that perspective, I think any coach that comes in or any offensive coordinator that comes in is going to be super intrigued by it and actually embrace the challenge. I now think. this we are on the same page because I think you're exactly right. And I think any then, coach that comes in, they have, especially offensive-minded coaches, mm-hmm. they have this arrogance about them that they can get you to play quarterback in the well, NFL. And that's yeah. the decision, in my opinion, where it's already been made then because let's be honest – what else does Jacksonville, I mean, when we're talking about attracting a good quality coach, whoever that might be, throw out any name, right? Mm-hmm. What What is it? Why Why would you come? If you're a promising young coach with the future ahead of you, what is it about Jacksonville that's going to make you want to come here? Well, I mean, I, I know why I'm here. I love Jacksonville. I'm not saying it. No, nah, you're saying from a football standpoint. I'm saying standpoint. from a football standpoint. I, why? Well, I actually think there are a bunch. And by the way, it's not one out of 32 jobs. It's probably be one out of six jobs that are available right. in the NFL. Right. And I think, depending on how they view I think that Minchie's quarterback. I a big part of it is what I'm trying to get at. Well, here. I think well, the quarterback situation, the fact that I've got at least something down there, whether it's Foles Minshew, just Minshew, I've got something that I don't have to go – Maybe I don't like anybody in this upcoming draft, and I don't have to waste a draft pick there. I also think this job will be attractive to GMs 
and coaches. With all the picks. With the number of picks, yes, the draft capital, with the amount of space you can create in the cap with Calais, AJ, yeah. all these number, all these different guys. And I also believe there will be a common sense around the league that there is a decent amount of talent on this roster. In other you know, words, I there's people, hope. That's what I'm getting at. Well, I think talent, people look talent. at DJ Chark, and they'll yeah. look at Josh Allen. They'll yeah. look at Jawan Taylor, bad game yesterday, but they'll look at even Fournette. They'll look at, I think, even Miles Jack and say, bad year, we'll figure it out. You know, they'll, in the right position. they'll look at some of these guys <laughs> and say, hey, I actually think this is a, an attractive job from, again, draft capital, mm-hmm. Decent amount of players, not stripped all the way down. Uh, the cap space that could be available in free agency. And I think the quarterbacks could help them. Although, if you get, say, a Josh McDaniels, right? Say, say you go get Josh. Josh McDaniels might come in here and say, I don't like those two guys. I want my own guy. I think we should go spend those two first-round picks and trade up and get this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, then you start – this is what's hard about the NFL when you have change. And this kind of felt that way with Blake Bortles, right? It was like, well, hey, Tom Coughlin, come in here. Doug Marone, come here. But guess it's what, here's what you have. You have you have Blake Bortles. And we really like Blake. We want you to do whatever you can with Blake. You help Eli Manning, and you fix Tiki Barber back in the day, and you you know fix this guy. Yeah. You know, And it kind of felt like that. Well, do you want to give this new person potentially coming in that, yeah, here's your quarterbacks. Make it work. And I don't know if all guys do like that. But that's know? my point. That that decision it, from Khan and his inner circle will have to be made ahead of time, right? Because they're going to have to say, are we going to go get a guy who's going to work with what we have? Or are we going to go get a guy who's going to say, I'm blowing this thing up. I'm going to get my people and let's go. Well, that's vetted in the interview process. Right. And one reason Josh McDaniels, at least that I've heard rumblings in the past, did not get the job is be- the last time. Because they could Here? have gone. Yes. Oh. Uh, one of the jobs. I thought he was waiting to replace Belichick. Nah, well, you could say, listen, uh, we all hear different things. Yeah. But um, and he might be doing that. But one thing he wanted to do is he wanted to rip it all down. Mm. And the Jaguars felt like with the Ramseys of the world, the Ngakwes of the world, the, the Miles Jacks of the world, the whoever else was back then, yeah. they not even putting Bortles in that situation. Like, well, wait a minute. We don't need to totally rip this thing down. We mm. don't feel like it's in that position. And they were right. Shotcon at the time made that decision, and that was right. Because in 2017, they came with the AFC Championship game. Right. Mm-hmm. So in that regard... Like what Josh McDaniels, but that's my point. In the interview process, that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. A Josh McDaniels, a somebody, Matt Rule, whoever, name your guy. Mm-hmm. They'll come in and be like, I can work with that. I like what you have here. And I think an owner wants to hear that so he doesn't have to rip it all down. Yep. I think that's what he's trying to hear. Well, and but he also has to be smart enough to know, you guys suck. And we need to rip this up. And, well, then the owner has to agree with that, right, or, or not. And ultimately, in my in my opinion, I think that's exactly where they're going to have to make that decision. Do we want to get – maybe there's a big-name, sexy coach out there who, who loves the core of the Jags and will be willing to come in here, and it'll be a perfect fit for everybody. Or it's going to more likely have to be that, do we want the young, hip coach who wants to blow it up, or do we want the guy who's maybe not the great coach hire, but is willing to go with what we've got? To me, that's kind of where that's yeah. where it's going to have to you be. you be careful of that part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I want... I want whoever's going to turn the damn thing around. I don't care how it gets it, done, right? Because sure. December's around here stink, uh, <laughs> and and that's that. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL right now. Find me someone who's going to fix it and fix it. That's your job, not ours. And uh, you're smarter than us. You're supposed to be. But I feel like you know what? I feel like the fans have been smarter than everybody else. The fans didn't like Bortles. They were right. Fans didn't like 
Foles looks like they're right. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we should just do a freaking poll around here and have the fans <laughs> pick the next damn quarterback. It's like the Green Bay Packers and like the fans kind of you know own the team. Well, except we we run the team. I mean, I get it. I, I said Every to a Twitter call, polls will be out Friday. I, I, think I, I said to South Beach Gary last week. I think it was. If you tell me at the start of the season my team is going to stink in the NFL, you know what? You probably have a better chance, better than fifty percent chance of being right. It's the way the league works. I mean, the, nobody thought the Eagles would be five and what are they? Five and seven. Five and seven. Five and seven. No, still, in, still in contention. Good division. chance of still winning. Still in yeah. contention. But, but that's Gotta the way say the, that nobody again. thought Chicago would be what they're. That's yeah. the way the league works. So you're probably going to right. If you tell me a quarterback's going to be bad and you drafted him, you're probably right. He's going to be bad. I mean, it, it's it, it's not like there's a 75 percent success rate, and the mm-hmm. Jaguars. So it's easy to take that side often. But I will say this. The people years. have spoken, and the people have been right more often than not 12 years. around here. Yeah, 12 and, years. And uh, the Jags have not gotten it right, and Shad Khan has not gotten it right. No. Uh, because here we are. What you got coming up tonight? Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Anyway. Thank you. We had a great great, great Thanksgiving, a couple days off. Uh, Telvin Smith, I heard you mention him. Yeah, Wednesday. we got to talk about that, yeah, too. We when, haven't got that. I heard, uh, we, we What's have, the latest? Well, so... I heard some not so good things today. I can tell you that, but I know there's nothing official. Nothing official. That's The, the latest is nothing official. So... Um, the JSO, of course, was the, the the public information office was closed like everything else for the holidays. So basically, we heard back from them today that yes, they served a search warrant, which is what we've been reporting Wednesday night, and that nobody has been arrested yet. So that's where we are. The investigation is ongoing. We don't know what kind of an investigation it is at this point in time, but we can tell you that right now, at least as of uh, 12:15 this afternoon, and we've got uh, calls out to make sure we're updated on that, and we're checking the, you know, the the sites and everything to make sure it doesn't change between now and then. But at this point, nobody's been arrested. Is you and your opinion is it a bad sign or a good sign that nothing has happened yet for Telvin Smith? Does that matter? Does that, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter because doesn't. here's the thing. Depending on what it is they're investigating, um, if there was, if it was obvious, you know, let's just say if it, you know there was there were some wild speculation that there was that drug bust in and all you know in that area, general vicinity, and that was somehow related to this. There's no indication that this is at all related to that. And in fact, I would suggest that because nobody's been arrested yet, it's very obvious that it wasn't because there was that was. It was an obvious thing happening at that particular location. Yeah, yeah. So, so this tells me that I'm hearing something, it's definitely not that. This, yeah, yeah, this tells me this is something else. And of course, we're all here, you know, offline. We're hearing lots of different things. Yeah. But the bottom line is, um, if it if it is something that we're hearing, it's you know, it'd be more in line with taking your time and making sure your eyes are dotted and your T's are crossed, yeah. and that you know, because. Once you open that box, it, it you can't close it. You again. can't close it. Yeah. So, so 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 this would be in line with that. So I would say. And they took his vehicle, which means that's well, an, they took a right? black Escalade or from a that vehicle, property. Yes, that's a good point. Thanks we don't know if that. it was his. That's right. So they took um, a vehicle. They which took means a vehicle. They're gathering some kind of well, evidence. Well, and they also had that. some um, evidence in uh, appeared to be evidence in brown bags in the crime scene van that was there at the property, but. What was in there, we don't know. What they would be looking for in that car, we don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that we're still trying to get answers on. Um, we'll have a little update as much as we can coming up on Action News Jackson 5 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But the bottom line is, to answer your question, you can't say one way or the other. The yeah. fact that this is taking a while doesn't tell me good, bad, or otherwise for Telvin Smith. Okay. And uh, I will tell you this. 
the ties and the con- the communication have just been off with anybody down at Jags headquarters when it comes to Telvin Smith. Now, some players will say they've talked to him here or there, but I'm talking about like concrete. Here's what's happening. Here's why I'm not playing. Here's here's the latest. Like there's yeah. nobody in that communication, at least that I can find that knows like, hey, what's Telvin been doing? How is he doing? What kind of frame of mind is he in? Is he comfortable with not playing? You know, what's this thing all about? There's not that, like, go-to person. And it's a very unique situation because there are very few people that can still sit there and tell you, hey, this is why he's not playing. This is why this is happening. Very few people that at least will talk, at least that I've been able to try to get in touch with, that that know that. It's really unique in this day and age because either through agents or all reports or this or or that. Now, we all hear things. But they're all little things, and, and trying to tie it all together also doesn't even make a lot of sense. Mm-mm. The whole Telvin Smith thing is a bizarre thing, and that's without this situation. Uh, now this just adds to it, and whatever Correct. this is. And I guess it's unfair. he hasn't been arrested, so mm-hmm. it's unfair to say he's done anything Correct. at this point. Absolutely. We just know that it's somewhat linked to him because of the property. He owns the house where all of this happened. Whether he was even there, we 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 there's just a lot that we you know we we don't know the answers to at least that we can report at this point in time. He is like the mystery of 2019, uh, and this day yeah. and age, it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah and you know, um, you know, you can say what you want, but it, it, you go from a talent on the field like that to to now, you know, basically, as you mentioned, kind of communication dark right like he's not uh, it doesn't uh, sound like hermit, he's really like essentially no gone dark yeah, yeah i mean because you, you know there's nobody on the team that seems to be there's nobody from from the team that seems to be communicating and i doubt it's a lack of effort on the team's part I'm, i mean you know i, I don't know but no, it, but it, yeah, somebody I mean, on that team is between players, reached, yeah, between players everybody else tried to reach out to him yeah. mm-hmm. um for whatever reason because i've heard other people too he's like well why aren't the jags I, I, i'm guessing they've tried i'm guessing somebody there has tried and it just hasn't happened for whatever reason on 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 that end yeah, i can tell you on this thing on wednesday night we informed or i informed some of the people down there that this was going on they yeah. have no idea they're not in the loop and usually you know how things oh, work man of course if man. it's got to do with a player they know it's and a, an active or, or a player, former player even. Form, yeah, yeah. Even the the former player that's the thing on. is the, the only statement we got from the jags was he's retired or he's on the retired and re, whatever reserve it, list yeah. reserve list and you know we don't it's not not our, not our thing yeah well we'll see so, what happens all right five o'clock tonight yes yeah. cbs 47 fox 30 john bachman tanika it. hughes mike barish as well and we have a uh, jags report live tonight chris conley will join us from top golf at seven o'clock talk about this quarterback situation with the jags he's right in the middle of it catching passes from both guys uh so that's at seven on cbs 47 come join us at top golf we'll hang out hit some angry golf balls <laughs> And <laughs> been doing too much of that, Brett. <laughs> I know. Get a shoulder out. I was gonna say, get a rotator cuff. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Coos really put you behind on the behind on the commercials. So we'll go take a break. When Sorry. we come back, more foals, more Minshew, more inside that locker room. That's what I want to get to yep. next. How much of a mess is it inside beyond the losing? Well, is it combustible? More importantly, who's gonna win in a fight? Yannick Ngakwe or Brandon Linder? Who are you taking? Ooh. I break it down next. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> we take it in the cage on ESPN 690. Coaching is the only thing wrong with the Jaguars. You have receivers stopping on their routes. You even have a guy like Fournay running out a swing pattern to the outside, cutting in when he should be staying to the outside, not turning his body upfield. It's just a lot of basic stuff that those terrific players are not doing, and coaching is the reason why. 
the T is silent. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who that sounded like to me. Like uh, that sounded like I'm not saying like I know the person. I'm just saying it sounded like somebody you hear talk a bunch. Can we get that a little bit just again? Not the whole thing, just a, a little glimpse. Coaching is the only thing wrong with the Jaguars. You have receivers All right. stopping. All right. Think about no, no. You keep playing it. You even have a guy Does this like, have like a Mark Rick sound to it. Running out a swing pass oh, yeah. to the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Rick cadence. Yeah. When he should Mark Rick kind of pauses in the middle of sentences, of the, like yeah. as he's going. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. I get that. I got it. Hey, thanks for calling, Mark Rick. Thanks, Star, Star, Star 690. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Let's step and get our players' names right, bro, right? But well, you're like, oh, man, it's all good. You've been on coach. You know. Why you in Georgia? You didn't recruit for Athens? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, awesome. I uh, hope you're having a good Monday. I don't know how you can be. But please well, keep calling listen, people. We won't make fun of I, you too much. I, I know how you can be. There's no Jags game today. Yeah. And Minshew's the guy. I mean, talk about a spark around town. Yeah. Minshew's the guy. Fans do love this. This is fun with Minshew. And they yeah. love it. I Gosh, I hope he's like a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. I just hope. But why in my mind does it say it can't happen because it's Jacksonville? He can't be like that good, right? It's cursed, Like the right? bubble will burst. The balloon will go out. Yeah. It didn't in London? Already once? Uh, listen, you know, and I, I think in this whole grand He's scheme of things. quarterback. I, I, yeah, I, remember that. I understand that. But if you were in Doug's position back then and in this team's position at four and five and coming off a of bye week. And they created this offense for Nick Foles and John mm-hmm. DeFilippo. And, and you saw that performance in London from I don't I don't blame them for making that switch. Now, we're not talking practices. We don't know what it looks like all the time. I don't know if I can blame them for making that switch at the time. It's the same thing about when they added him. We talked about yeah. at the top of the show. Was that a good move? It felt like a pretty reasonable move at the quarterback position to upgrade from Blake Bortles for the dollars you were getting and a guy that, you know, compared to Dwayne Haskins or others that, I said, you know what? I think that's a good move. Uh, so I, I can't sit here and say, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I don't think I would have said I told you so on either one of those instances. Speaking of practices, though, were you kind of surprised? I'm pretty sure this soundbite came from Minshew where he was saying he that he got more reps with the ones like during practice. Well, like, yeah. Marone, Marone had said it first. Yeah, okay, Marone said it Marone first. Marone said it in his press. I was at Marone's press conference, yeah. and I know other folks were, and then they asked Minshew about that. Yeah. Because Marone basically said, hey, you know, We've been treating Minshew differently than maybe you would a normal backup quarterback because of the fact that they want him to develop. Normally, when you get in season, you're thinking backup quarterbacks getting backup reps, but they had been running extra stuff after practices for Minshew to keep him developing and moving forward, which is a rarity in the NFL. I mean, that's that's honestly, I've never heard of that before, to tell you the truth, because, I mean, you have your starter. And you have your backup, and the backup, he leads the scout team, and he gets the backup reps. He doesn't get the first team reps. So for Doug Marone to come out and say that, I mean, maybe it's telling, like, yes, that they want to develop Garner Minshew. Okay. But to me, it's more telling the fact that they had zero confidence in, in uh, Nick Foles going in against the Tampa Bay game. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't interpret it like that. I don't. No, th- no I don't. I, I think I think they saw good things from Gardner Minshew in those eight games. Yeah. And they said we do not want to. What was the big fear? Why did you want Minshew to stay? You thought it would stunt his growth sure. as a young quarterback. So they said, listen, you know, you might be right, Austin Lane. We might stunt his growth because he's not going to play right here. We just feel like this is going to give us a little bit more of our offense. This is going to take us next level, especially after watching what happened in London. Uh, again, I'm trying to think That's, like them, but I'm saying, yeah. 
They, I'm listen, just saying, they didn't that's, that's take away of, the reps. They didn't take away the reps yeah, from Nick Foles. They, they added, added but a they seven on seven. practice for Minshew. Like so they, they made it longer. Why that, is I'm it, saying that doesn't happen, Brad. Well, it should maybe. Why don't you do that more? You know, do you, think, Moe, you think Andy Reid was doing that with Patrick Mahomes? They, they knew they had a special guy, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not but sure Alex, he was. Alex Smith was still getting the first team reps. So they wouldn't run an extra seven on seven with Mahomes because they say this is our guy in the future. They weren't going to extend practice. How long does an extra seven on seven take? Eight minutes? I'm just saying. You don't cater to the backup quarterback, but all right. I think it might be somewhere in between. Maybe you're guarding against injury concern, knowing that Nick Foles is fresh off that, you know, the injury that he suffered in that first game. And let's face it, he's had injuries in his career. Maybe you're kind of doing that as a as a fail safe, kind of keep it in between. I don't know. Well, listen, Dan Mullen at Florida does something. I don't think a lot of coaches do this. He splits the reps with the quarterbacks. And that allowed Trask, I think, a little bit to be ready with the ones. Like, he gave them reps with the ones was the story. I was like, what? that's unusual. Now, some of that might be I don't have a quarterback that I absolutely love, (laughs) so I better be ready. Maybe. But maybe did Urban Meyer do that back in the day when they had three quarterbacks that helped win a national championship? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just saying it's not – is it that far-fetched to say, hey, guys, hey, Austin, we're going to do an extra seven-on-seven seven in practice. By the way, we're going to eliminate one meeting so you don't have to stay 15 minutes. But we're going to – we, we want to help this kid grow. He did a lot. He put us in this position. Isn't it more like an attaboy? We're showing some love for a guy that saved our season to this point and put us in a spot? You can't so, do that in the NFL? Why no, not? Because to me, there's a starting quarterback and there's a backup quarterback. And as soon as you said Nick Foles is a starting quarterback, then you cater to his needs. And if you're doing seven on seven, it's just extra stuff you don't have to be doing. It's more it's more risk to being injured and stuff like this. But for the most part, it's just more risk of you're not focusing on Tampa Bay anymore because now you have to focus on a backup quarterback and giving him his reps. I thought we're prepping for Tampa Bay. I thought we're getting ready for the game. Now we got to make sure this guy is feeling confident as a backup quarterback. No, if I'm a player, I'm not going for it. How about are you going for fights in the locker room? Oh, I'm going for that. What do you make of the, the fights? The wallet says it all. Okay, no. Uh, honestly, man. Well, by the way, I shouldn't so phrase we'll, it as let's, fights. Let's go ahead and set it, it up, It was a though. tense locker room. Yeah. And by my calculations, what I read, it was between Yannick Ngakwe and Brandon Lynn. Yeah, and some people said, nah, not really, but let's go well, with Whatever that. it is, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm, I'm taking Yannick Yann, by the way. was involved. I can guarantee okay. you that. Well, and by the way, I'm taking Yann over a lot of people just because he plays defensive line. I think defensive linemen are a little crazy. Brent, you can attest to that. You have to deal with me every single day. Absolutely. Yeah, I just right. did for yeah. the last five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but from that perspective, I no. I have a bat over not, here. Listen, when it comes to fighting in the locker room, Brent, every single team that I've been on, and I've been included, there's been fights in the locker room. So you can't put too much stake into that, especially when you're losing. Fights in the sports office. But, but, but I'm going to say from the miscommunication standpoint, we'll get into that after the break a little bit, because I think the, the coaching in the front office has a direct correlation of what's going on in the locker room I'll right set now. the scene on this a little bit more, and was it a bigger picture yes. kind of moment than just a frustrating loss? Next on ESPN 690, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos, and Action Sports, Jack Stewart Weber, along as well. It's gonna be That's all he said. Yeah. That's all he said. Do we have? Do we know who that is? Do we have a number? 
We in contact no. with him? We love him. Well, I'm curious to see like what the... <laughs> Somebody sent that in on Star Star 690? Somebody sent oh. the original was okay. just... Yeah, okay. uh, here, I, Sorry, I got in late. Ooh, 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 what you gonna do? Gonna give me some of that gonna That was Excellent. the call. And it sounds like he was driving because there's some wind in the background. Sure. Well, you really like investigative reporting. Well, no, it's both headphones, on, like, man. They really, they really articulate everything going on. the Delvin Smith case. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get some answers, man. Uh, the good job, Coos. That was Coos, a good by editing, the way, Killed th- it. This is what's. This is what is all about this business right this is, here. This is you take like here. a five-second phone call and you make what Coos made out of. This is why we're here, Coos. Well, it's best job. moments. I mean, it took till December, but good here job. we are. Yep. And right now, we are just looking for good moments. Yeah. Have to cover in this Jaguar football team. Few and far between. Between January vacation planning, yes. <laughs> Booking that cruise tonight. Here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> I better sign off on that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yes, unfortunately, that'd be good. January gets kind of worse to cover yeah, with coaching, coaching changes regime. and stuff like that. They're the worst yeah, to cover. But it's also like Super Bowl and playoffs and stuff. I like that. Well, I know. I get it. Okay, but yeah. I'm just saying, I, yeah, I, we would like to go have to do a show every day because the Jags are in the playoffs sure. rather than cover the firings and hirings. Oh, gotcha. Because hirings are the worst. Like, Florida State, you know how many texts I'm getting right now that Bob Stoops is close to a, a deal, like they're actually going to announce it tomorrow? Okay. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, is that out there right now? I mean, but I've texted people telling me they hear it's happening. There's a tweet that says he threw out his Christmas tree, which means he's absolutely <laughs> taking the job in Tallahassee. Yeah, man, it's like December, what, second right now? What are we doing? <laughs> but but this will be the whole month of January. Yeah. I'll be in the shower. Yeah, I'll be out to dinner with my wife. Mm-hmm. I'll be playing ball with the kids, and a text will go off, and it's like, oh, and you got to call. Fifteen people will be like, "Hey, has anything happened? <laughs> anything? Ha- oh, no, okay, yeah. Fine. But you have to do your due diligence on it. Sure. So that's what the whole month of January well, will now be like. We'll just get it done well, by the eighteenth like, because that's when the phone goes see, off for that it's, cruise. It's, 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 to me, it's fun though because you can kind of like analyze like who should the next candidate be. Like who? Well, it's good who for sports fit? radio, yes. Yeah. dude, it's fun. But when you've done it five times in twelve right. years, it gets kind of well, old. This is my first time, man. I'm gonna have fun with it. All right. All right. So don't hate me because it's getting stale for you guys. You can spice it up a little bit if you want. I'm gonna have fun doing it. So it's okay. also, it's also you're a little in different. charge. <laughs> I'm running the show. There you go. Let's it's, go. It's also a little different for radio and TV because radio, if Anything happens from three to six, yeah. then you're you're doing it. Oh, but I'm gonna do some research See, of coaches that are gonna be oh, available, yes. some dark horses. I can't wait, man. That's why I'm embracing this. And we'll get you to compare them to clothing lines. Like exactly. Which coaches? Which yeah. coaches? The, best, <laughs> the best part about radio. Which yes. coaches are like the <laughs> Valentine's Day candy? Yeah. Like, what are we yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, waka waka. <laughs> the best part about radio versus TV is I can tell you that somebody just texted me and said that Joe that uh, that. Uh, the not Jags, the uh, Knowles, Seminoles, yeah. are going to hire um, Bob Stoops. Really? But that's what somebody texted me. I can't say that on TV. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just speculation. Well, that's somebody what we do texted show. me that this is happening right yeah. now. That's that's not. We have that. no idea if it's happening. It's yeah. just somebody texted me that it might be happening. So huh. uh, we'll find out. But the Bob Stoops rumors are back. Yeah, in, in Tallahassee. Well, and listen, I, and I've been pretty adamant. Like to me, when they fired Taker the way they did. Like, you know, during the season like they did, I felt like there was already a plan in place. And to me, that plan was stoops the whole time. Now, I might be wrong. I might be 100% wrong. But I just feel like if you let a coach go that early like that in the season when you're still trying to make a bowl and everything, I feel like you already had a plan on the back burner. Yeah, or yeah, getting ahead. And now there's like 10 or 11 different jobs out there. Now they have SEC competition. Yeah. Yeah. Ole Miss, uh, Missouri. Arkansas uh, still too, right? Arkansas, yeah. and there That was an early one with Arkansas. Yeah, I think there was some... 
I think it's just a Twitter kind of rumor about like Lane Kiffin. I think that was. I saw one about him being vetted for the job at Tallahassee. Yeah. I saw that one on Twitter at one yeah, point. So it's, just, it's like okay. Now it's just right. like oh my sure. gosh, every rumor out there and, and everybody's throwing stuff out there. Murray State too is available now as well, Brent. Did oh. they fire the coach? Yeah, they did. Well, oh. they actually, I think he stepped down. He resigned. Are you going to apply? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm all set. I'd rather just talk sports to you guys here on the radio show. Yeah. How would you treat a situation? He's quickly learning, by the way, that working in the media has a much longer shelf life than coaching. Yes, we, it we does. We know that very well. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yep. I've outlasted a lot of coaches and players so far here in Jacksonville. <laughs> Let's just say that. For the sure. entire Jaguars roster already for me. I'm on yeah. a record pace. <laughs> I've yeah. outlasted an owner. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's tough to do. That's the tougher one. Uh, very, very adamant, Brent. You're, you're an Iron Man, dude. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And by the way, like I'm not high on that Iron Man list. No. I know there's a lot of people on that. So yeah. um, it's unbelievable. But anyway, how would you as a coach or as an owner or as a whatever handle the situation that now has been pretty much confirmed that Yannick Ngakwe and some people say Brandon Linder, or it was at least nose and nose, it was something. And yeah. here's what I'll tell you, if you just joined us, uh, to set the scene. We go in the locker room 10 minutes after. You get a cooling off period. Doug Marone goes to the podium. We go in the locker room. Uh, and listen, the Jags are good to deal with. The locker room yeah. wins and losses. I, I, I go in there sometimes. I'm like, oh, my, what are we going to get today? Now, a little bit of that Jalen Ramsey kind of made that 10 times. Like, oh, boy, what are we going to get today? Sure. Uh, and Honestly, we really don't get a whole lot from that. They are very professional. There's not that has a lot improved of, over the years. I will yeah, say that. There's not a lot of like those, those highlight <laughs> yeah. real kind of uh, sound bites, you know, that come out of there. You almost want a little more, actually. So you leave there like, really, that's it? Sure. Like, we do this again? I mean, you're open for more. Yeah. yeah you're kind of hoping somebody <laughs> wants to punch me in the face, sure. you know, uh, which I'm part of the show, they probably do. But anyway. <laughs> So we go gather in the center because that's where the quarterbacks are coming out. Now, obviously, the big story yesterday is the quarterbacks. You almost don't even, with all due respect, you don't yeah, care to anything about else. We, we were up. asking. We're like, I wonder who's going to be on the podium. Are they going to do seven on the podium? Yeah. Are they going to do 15 on the podium? Neither. They, and they like, usually neither. do one. They usually be, do one or the other, yeah. Because of that, they brought both to the center of the locker room. Yeah. But we didn't even try to get anybody else at that time. Calais came up there. Fournette would eventually come up there. Josh Allen comes up there. But in the interim we're waiting mm -hmm. and as we walk in we kind of hear you get the sense like something just happened mm -hmm. and there's some rumbling something just happened and Yannick Ngakwe was walking back toward his locker Calais Campbell kind of escorting him and that's where we saw it and that, but then there were some of the rumblings about the Linder and, and uh, Yannick Ngakwe sure. stuff yeah and outside of that we're sitting there waiting in the center and there's a bunch of noise coming from the showers so you can't see anything happening, but you can hear it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of noise. And the only thing I saw coming out of there was A.J. Boye comes out shaking his head. Just like, what the heck? Kind of like one of those, like, what is going on here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I, just to give you a feel, that's happened before in locker rooms. You've been in locker rooms. <clears throat> but this one did feel a little bit elevated. It felt the tension was pretty high in there. Sure. And I think a couple of us even said, this is kind of uncomfortable right here. Like, what's going to happen? You kind of were in that mode. Like, what's going to happen? So, so that's the scene. I just want to set no, the scene for everybody. That. We never saw punches thrown. We never saw the nose-to-nose -nose stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, going. Never saw any of that. Yeah. But you knew something had transpired. There was an uneasy and were, feeling. And you were wondering what else was going to happen. Sure. So that's the fairest way I can at least describe what happened. And the locker room was open at that time. So it's mm -hmm. like kind of fair game to describe what's happened. I don't think that's that different. But I would be – I've covered a lot of losing around mm -hmm. here. I would say 
I threw up a red flag at this one because of the tension, and now you want you know the disconnect in the front office, yeah. the Coughlin stuff, the Marone stuff, the way he's approached it. Last week's unusual news conference, and now the players have really held this thing together, and they've been even at four and six. I remember going, "Wow, man, you didn't know they were four and six. I think they're doing a good job of keeping it together." Well, uh, with four weeks to go in the season, the end in sight, four losses by 17-plus or more. I'm starting to wonder now if they are going to keep this thing together, and where does it go from here? Because once you lose that, sure. you're screwed, and it can really show up on Sundays. So, listen, first of all, the Jaguars right now, they're 4-8, right? They got beat by Tampa Bay. So, automatically, that adds fuel to the fire in time you lose and you're having a disappointing season, right? Like, players are going to be pissed off. So, the fact that there's a little you know, skirmish in the locker room, a little disagreement... Not surprised at all, because any losing team is going to have somewhat of that. But I always say, especially in kind of situations where you know players maybe have a, an easy feeling toward each, each, each other, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and I've been on a few teams where you may have heard a little rumor here or there. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's it's exemplified times 100. There is more things going on. And and here's the problem, and I'll be honest. When, when I heard about the whole discrepancy with Yana and Brandon Lander, I am like, but of course. And do you know why I say, but of course? Because look at the, the front office. Look at, it's blatantly clear, and I've said it before on the show, it is blatantly clear that Doug Marone, Tom Coughlin, and Dave Caldwell are not on the same page. And a combination of either uh, Dave Caldwell and uh, Tom Coughlin do not agree with Doug Marone. They don't get to, whatever it is. There's some kind of combination that does not see eye to eye. And that's boiled over into the media. And when it boils over in the, in the media, like I said, where there's smoke, there's fire. So we've even seen a glimpse of what's going on in that locker room. I think it's a lot worse than what they're letting on. I think there's a huge disagreement going on between the front office. So then that trickles down to the players because the culture is in place by the front office and the coaches. If the coaches and the front office are clashing, how is that going to respond to the players? And let's be honest here. If you're a football player in the locker room and you're 4-8, and eight, playoffs are out of the picture. And any time that you have really nothing to play for except pride and your paycheck, you start doing a self-inventory. And then you start doing an inventory of the team. And you start maybe noticing a couple of things that maybe you wouldn't notice because you have the blinders on. We're going to be a playoff team. For instance, if you're Yannick Ngakwe right now, what are you thinking? You're, you're thinking I'm getting that, paid $2 million. I'm getting paid $2 million. For this crap. Look at all the guys that they paid before me. Brandon Linder being one of those guys. Blake Bortles. Uh, Nick Foles. Um, Norwell. Norwell. Uh, even the, even this year, Miles Jack. He might want to take on the entire offensive line. That's what I'm saying. Miles Jack is, is another perfect example. So if you're Yannick Ngakwe, and I guarantee he's taking inventory, because why wouldn't you? I mean, you're at the point now, hate to tell you, you got nothing to play for, man. So you're taking inventory, and guess what? You don't like what you find, man. So I'm sure that kind of adds some fuel to the fire as well. So from the perspective of the top is a mess, the coaches are a mess, it's only going to trickle down in the locker room, and I, I'll be honest, I, I'm not surprised, and I, I, I'm going to be shocked if it doesn't get worse before it gets better. And what does worse mean? Just more, just you know, the, these these rumblings of uh, disagreements in the locker room, uh, you know, guys getting in fights on the field, whatever it is, it's just it, things like that, and where, which we may not even hear about, but you know, yeah. they're there. Where do you think in your when you were playing again? Yeah. You guys had frustrating years. I mean, heck, that oh, Milwaukee year was about as frustrating as it's ever been around here. Sure. And again, yeah. I will. I know it's frustrating, folks. But I'll take you back to 2012 if you want. We can relive that sucker. Yeah. That wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. 
But first year I ever covered an NFL team. That was great for me. I mean, <laughs> best season I ever covered. And that NFL. was not good. <laughs> yeah. And Ugh, was I, I guess something. so you'll get some of the stuff in the locker room, post game stuff, maybe sideline stuff. A lot of people will write that off as it happens. How much will we not see on the practice field? Because Tom Coughlin said last week, and Doug Marone continues to state, they have an energy on the practice field. They see mm-hmm. good things on the practice field. And you don't want that energy to fall apart, but you also don't want people swinging helmets. No, absolutely. But but it's like I said, Brent, like, listen, if you're a player, eventually the blinders come off and you realize that you're not going to make the playoffs. And if you're not going to make the playoffs, a lot of things change. And like I said, if you're checking inventory and you're kind of analyzing everything that's going on, the players aren't stupid. Like we talk about it all the time. There's there's disconnect between uh, Coach Marone and Tom Coughlin. The players understand that too. So to be fair, I guarantee the players have an issue with either Tom Coughlin or Dave. I assume Tom Coughlin because if Dave Caldwell has always had their back, then the players are going to side with Dave Caldwell. I'm, I'm sorry, with Doug Marone over uh, Tom Coughlin. Because, you know, Tom Coughlin, uh, I'm getting really confused right now. Doug Marone's always had their back. So from that perspective, you have problems with, you know, clicks saying, you know what, forget the front office and stuff like that. Like, I guarantee it's a mess right now in that locker room. Yeah. And winning, unfortunately, anymore is not really going to help it because the writing's on the wall. You know what's so funny is, uh, in a way, you you were kind of trying to search for those names yeah. of who's in charge. Yeah. Uh-huh. And doesn't that kind of sum up the problem? Oh, I know because who the hell is in charge? Yeah, right. Yeah, Uh, you know, you know where, what, how much is the owner saying? Mm -hmm. You know, I I can think you could even ask where does Tony Khan fit in all this? With the analytics, yeah. Uh, Where, where is Tom Coughlin in relationship to Dave Caldwell in relationship to Doug Marone? But you're, you're kind of, you're saying I'm messing up all these guys' names. Is an indication of how hard it is to fall in line with what? Sure. Right. Yeah. And that's really the big thing. And we talked about it last week when this all came to a head with the news conference with Tom Coughlin. And we had talked about it for three straight days before the Maroon soundbite mm-hmm. on Tuesday even. And said, Listen, it's hard to sustain it. It's hard to sustain, especially through bad times, mm-hmm. because the fingers start pointing, man. And I, that's one thing I've learned covering the NFL for 20 years, not just here in Jacksonville, is when it's going down, mm-hmm. when the Titanic is sinking, people start grabbing the life jackets and they don't offer them to the next guy. They grab their own yeah. and they fend for themselves. And that happens not just in a locker room, I think, of players. I think that happens in those front offices, too. And that well, happens. That's that's not just a Jacksonville thing. I think it's an NFL thing because there's a lot of money on the line, a lot of pride on the line. You want to say it's not your fault because you want the next job. Sure. So there's a lot that goes into that, and it's interesting to watch people jump ship. And jump on their own, not necessarily holding hands with anybody else. Very few times will somebody be going arm in arm overboard. And listen, I'm actually going to say, I don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise, but to me, it's a little bit of a positive to know that there is some discrepancies in the locker room because you know why? That shows that guys still care. I'll be honest, when I played with Mike Malarkey, we won two games that season back in 2011, I think it was. 12, yeah. uh, 2012. Um, guys were just kind of like, you know, I mean, yeah, we suck. We got beat yeah. again. Like, guys were actually depressed. Guys you know? were doing like, what Weber's doing. He's working on his cruise for January. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be like, a lot of fun. We, we, we were a close-knit team, but we knew, like, we weren't going to win a lot of games, right? So, like, there was no passion. There was no fire just because we knew it was up. So, at least with Yannick and Gakwe, whatever happened in that locker room, at least, you know, there was some verbal, you know, arguing back and forth. It shows that guys are passionate. Guys are obviously disappointed, and guys should be held accountable. But where does it boil over as the point? You know, you get to that stage, and I think you can almost appreciate that. Doug Marone even said that very thing. He said, guys are still care. He said they're battling. They are yeah. battling. He even admitted, he said, I know from the outside it doesn't look like they're battling, but they're battling. And I get it. I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I really do. 
But with four games to go, if you don't fix something and those battles are not being won and you don't show me results when I'm battling, oh, that's a defeating thing, man. Especially when you're getting smacked in the face 60 times a game, yeah. you know, and every play is a violent play. You know, that's that's something I don't know how you rebound from. And I think the, the word combustible is the only one I use because it feels like it's there. It's like, OK, do you fix it? Does Minshew help save that? Does he mm-hmm. kind of spark some new life? Do you go get a win? And then it slows that down. Right. Then you don't have to worry about it. But if you lose by 20 again and you lose to a four and eight Chargers team, where does this thing? What does this look like at seven o'clock next Sunday night? Yeah. And I, to the point where last night in the first half, halftime, weren't you wondering, is, is Doug Marone? Out tonight? Well, yeah. I mean, did you until he made that switch? Like, if he didn't make the switch, I think that's all we would have been talking about today. We were, why we were trying to come here? up with coverage plans on what we were going to do and you know how we were going to approach things. I mean, trying to figure out what what do we do? What do we do if there's a, an impromptu owners press conference? What do we do if these things happen? Because mm-hmm. it felt very much like that could be coming. Yeah, and I even said, I mean, I said to these guys on our text chain, I said uh, we might want to catch shot coming down. Yeah, and we don't do do that normally, but we might want to see if he's going to talk at all because that's where it felt like. And then he makes the switch, and I think that co- now listen, there are a lot of people out here listening and say, well, he still should be gone tonight. Should have been gone last week. Should have been. I get it, but I'm telling you, it felt like at halftime, like there might be an imminent call, mm-hmm. and you know, Shad Khan doesn't want to do that. Like I can tell you for a fact, they don't want to make the move in the middle of a season, so they're trying to ride this thing as long as they can ride it with what they've got. Um, and right now they're riding it into an abyss. That's the problem is that you, you risk losing the fans. I mean, it is the fans that are calling for these things to happen. You risk losing that enthusiasm. But if you really think about it, once you make that change in the off season, then the ones that are going to be optimistic about it are going to be optimistic about it anyways. And, and they're going to come right back to and you. And once again, that's kind of the beauty of this whole Gardner Minshew thing is that yeah. it kind of puts a giant cloak over everything. And the people are forgetting about you just lost to Tampa Bay at home and you had no shot of winning that ball game. You I know, mean, and Tampa Bay is not the best team in the world. 11 either. points against the team that had given up the second most points in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the ultimate lipstick on a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to use that reference for you, Gardner, but I just added to your bandana and mustache, yeah, mustache on some the stick. Yeah. The, the whole brand. I mean, it, that's what this is. You it just is. said it. They yeah. hid the fact. Do we even? Do, does anybody know the score of the game yesterday? <laughs> you know they lost. They got crushed. I know it was twenty-eight to eleven. But if you ask a lot of people, I'm sure they forgot it. Yeah. Because they know this. They know Gardner. Min- My kids stayed until the middle of the fourth quarter because Minshew played. They would mm-hmm. say Minshew won eleven to three. My, I said I go down the second quarter and they said. I said, you leaving? Like, what's uh, – first of all, it was like I had grounded them that they had to be there for the first two quarters. Yeah. But they well, – I mean, they and, went to the Iron Bowl the night before. I mean <laughs> – I know. They I were said on a much a different high the day I, before. I, I, when I went and saw them in the second quarter, I said, so which one is better, the Iron Bowl or this? <laughs> <laughs> but, but so going into halftime, and I said, so what are you doing? Are you leaving? Yeah. I asked Steph. She's like, well, we're going to wait and see if Mitchu comes out. Yeah, but the whole yeah. stadium was. The whole city was actually. Sure. And so I think Doug Marone's move not only gave his own team a little bit of life, it actually gave him a little life, at least for another few weeks, and kind of did make you forget. I mean, that's what Minshew is. He's, he's kind of like this cover up right now to just an awful, awful scene here in Jacksonville. Kind of like the thing from. Uh Men in Black, like the, the little pen that they push and the, the loose everything. <laughs> it's it's like, hey, hey yeah. yeah, I understand our past defense probably wasn't the best. Uh, Tampa Bay ate us alive. Offensive line wasn't blocking anybody. But guess what? Everyone Click. in the stadium, look at the video board. Here's a picture of Minshew. <laughs> we got Click. Minshew. Welcome You've back. You've been neuralized. Uh, yeah. That was.
just the whole crazy thing about Coughlin talking last week. Quite honestly, if they wanted to accomplish anything by saying stay with us, they should have had Minshew go talk. That's right, though, Brent, because they got Logan Cook, man, second in net punts right now in the NFL. Coughlin was singing his praises. Is, is Coughlin going to come back out this week and say, hey, we can still win four in a row? <laughs> I... I for, for the sake of Twitter, I hope not. Uh, I'm not done that. with the Jags. Next on ESPN 690. I'm sorry. Nick Foles has only played four games, and he's been sacked eight times. Honestly, I'm not sure Nick's the problem. Is that his aunt? <laughs> who was that? Cruz, I, I want that number. <laughs> I want a name to that. You're doing like a call check today. Oh, yeah. We're going to start screening these calls, man. Be, this is, be careful to call in the Star Star 690. This, this lady's on a mission, it sounded like. By the way, if you could average two sacks a game for the entire season, would you take that like, per game allowed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, too. It feels like she's pointing a finger at the offensive line in that thing. I think so. But eight and four games, is that's okay. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's been sacked. I don't know. I, I think the offensive line has been so bad. They so have. I give, like if I was Nick I'm Foles and I was Nick Foles' aunt, yes. I would be, <laughs> you know, I would be saying Carol Foles the offensive line I, I get it. You know, <laughs> I was kidding. But um, <laughs> listen, we yeah. have to, we have to have fun. You you laugh to keep from crying. The, uh, exactly. <laughs> yes. And, and that's, yes, Brent. The offensive line. They're not good, and, and and that's understandable. But at the same it's time, exacerbated with Foles, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. and, and that's my point. Where and I guess he's exacerbated. Good call on that. Do you have like a little yeah. Rolodex of you guys use like the word of the day? Yeah, or not? it could be. A word okay, of the day. I'm gonna write that one down. I'm start using that. Not really sure what it means, but we'll get there. <laughs> Look it up first, and then start using it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna we'll, walk into my house and, and be like, "Cruz will ask you to spell it." <laughs> Please, yes. But no, like, listen, it does get exemplified, Brent, because he's not that mobile, and we. I guess the thing with Nick Foles, we talked to Sal Palantonio about this, is that he was adamant that he gets the ball out quickly. Yeah. And maybe sometimes when we watch the Nick Foles of the Eagles of the past, maybe we were kind of tricked into believing, well, he's a mobile quarterback, but he just he gets the ball out fast. Maybe that's what we were looking at. But regardless of whatever it is, he's maybe getting the ball faster with the Jaguars, but the ball's not going where it's supposed to be. And then that's the biggest part of it. You know, I ought to say something here that sounds a little crazy. Hit me but, with it. All right, we like this. Um... Watching Nick Foles run the Jaguars' offense, does it look a little bit like Tom Brady running the Patriots' offense right now? Because hmm. right now, Tom Brady and this offense stink. Okay, yeah. That's not like Hall of Fame, greatest player of all time. That's not that Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm talking about a slow, immobile quarterback who right now isn't getting a lot of help because he doesn't have a lot of weapons on offense in Tom Brady. Their offensive so, line has been, eh, you know, maybe better than the Jags, but not so, not a lot better than the Jags. They're struggling to put up points. Yeah. I mean, that was garbage time stuff yesterday. They had so, nine points in that game, really. I see where you're going with this, Brent. I'm, I'm going to actually compare him to a different quarterback. I'm going to compare him to Phillip Rivers because I think that when you look at the weapons, like, yes, Tom Brady's kind of doing it on himself, and it's Edelman sometimes, but the running game is bad. I think with with the Chargers, you have Melvin Gordon. You have some receivers with Keenan Allen. Williams had a pretty good day yesterday. I think they have the weapons in Hunter Henry as well, but sometimes Phillip Rivers, just for whatever reason, he's not mobile, obviously, but he just looks lost, and, like, he'll just accept that the sack is coming and just go down. Yeah. And He screwed him out of two field goals and screwed me out of yeah. a win in my pool yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. by the well, way. I'm sorry to hear that. That's unfortunate for everybody involved. That was the worst freaking call ever. <laughs> no, it was bad. That was unbelievable it, they called that. It was bad. Brent literally threw something. Really? I'm still oh, not yeah. over it. I'm a, sorry threw a water that. bottle. It was How the traumatic. hell do you call that pass interference? It was bad. 
It was, was bad. I was I'm with you. And they didn't even review it. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, I don't have money on it, so I didn't really care, but it was bad. I don't bad. have money on it like per today. Se, per se. But like, it could lead to money down the road. I was in first <laughs> place. I needed that win. And I can't believe they made that call. He was distraught. Philip Rivers is terrible he right was, now. He, was, he still is. is. Yeah, no, he hasn't let it go yet. Listen, if you're going to make go that frozen. call in the NFL, then they should start go. making a call on every Hail Mary. There we go. No, I'm, I, I'm with you. It was a bad call. Sorry, but what I'm, were we talking about? No, I'm saying I am not how, over it. I, I, I'm comparing really? right now the way Nick Foles is playing to Phil Rivers, where the fact that they just they, it looks off, it looks complacent, um, bad decision making, accepting the sacks and not getting out of trouble. And I think Phil Rivers falls in that category. That's a good call. Uh, I will say, I will say Foles, at Foles doesn't yell at his teammates quite as much as those other two. Though. Oh no, for sure. I still would. Ra- I think I, I like I like what you're saying. Yeah. I get it. Because he has I, weapons, I man. Yeah, you got a lot of weapons of the Chargers right now that aren't getting used. Patriots, yeah, they do. Patriots yeah. still have a Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and I just, from the Chargers' point of view, I just don't know if the Jags have that kind of weaponry. Sure. I mean, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are a little different than these, in my view. No. Uh, DJ Chucks has I the numbers, know, man. I know. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, you, you said this, and Leonard I guess Fournette. we really mm-hmm. have to ask for DeFilippo, mm-hmm. but it looked like the offensive play calling changed in the second half for Minshew. Yeah. Was that something they addressed? Was that Minshew's skill set? Well, what was that? Because, I mean, there was some simplicity to the plays. Was that Minshew? Was that everybody got their game intact? You know, because there's a lot of, first of all, there's a belief that Minshew sparked them. But there's also a belief in that locker room after talking to the guys that Leonard Fournette got him going as well at halftime. He gave him a speech. And huh. that was a response to Fournette, too. So while the outside world is, wow, look what Minshew did. And, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I think there was a spark there. I think that was evident. But I also think they changed some things up and they got a little bit more focused, whatever. They, they came out of that locker room not like a team down 25 to nothing going to play two quarters, yeah. but with a little bit of purpose. So I don't know if everybody started to pick up their game so it looked easier. Was the play calling different? But it looked so much different. And I, as much as I'd love to give all that credit to Minshew, I'm not sure I'm willing to go there. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Well, no, and I thought the exact same thing. It almost appeared to me like Nick Foles had a backup quarterback's playbook to go off. And Minshew had the starting quarterback's playbook. Because yeah. like the one play that really stands out to me was when they're towards the goal line uh, the first time and they scored the touchdown was when D.D. West, I think it was D.D. Westbrook, did the, the crazy motion thing. Yeah. Where he went back and forth and then went in the flat. Minshew got on the ball, touchdown. Like That's something we haven't really seen before. And from that perspective, yeah, I get it. Like Minshew rolled out a little bit, but you can do that same play with Foles. And that's a play that you can do on any part of the field because it, it should have benefits because the defense was not ready for it. So from that perspective, Brent, like any, everything that I saw from Nick Foles, whether it's the motions, the formations, nothing was new, nothing was exciting, nothing's like, oh, this is interesting, nothing at all. So I don't, like, it, it's baffling me because I get it. He's not as mobile as Minshew, so maybe you take some of the playbook out, but he's got the experience. He's I, played in the system before, so why I, I would know. you? I don't know. I, I, it's the complete opposite of what I expected to happen when he took over. Correct. I thought the the playbook would expand with Foles in it. It looked nothing different, mm-hmm. really. Like the Houston game to who did they play right on Indianapolis game? Yeah, it didn't look different to me. Like, it, mm-hmm. and again, I don't know how much of that was Foles. How much of that is you have John D. Filippo and Nick Foles, who obviously love love go look at their track record. I mean, love the tight end. And this organization got those two guys on board and paid one of them $88 million and really have nothing at tight end to show for it. So you basically gave 
these two figures that love a position and have succeeded with that position. And, like, I swear I could catch a touchdown pass with Filippo running calls and if I played tight end. Like, if you go back and look at his resume, it says that I could catch a touchdown pass mm-hmm. if I played in his offense at the tight end spot. But they put yeah. all the chips in on Josh Oliver and O'Shaughnessy, who are both not playing right now. And, and okay, so, and Swaim. And Swaim But Swaim well. had yep. been hurt yep. all his career. And well, Josh Oliver's a rookie. rookie. Swaim's never been a receiving tight end. We and said he's that not since that day anyway. one. So that's all. I yeah. mean, that if I'm Foles and I'm DeFilippo, again, I'm going down that hole. And that's where see the disconnect is. That's where when Doug Marone says on the conference call, sure. and when he says the last couple of days now that he's been in front of a microphone, well, listen, you need more people around them to win. You need more all those hints that are starting to come. That's like, hey, front office, these guys love the tight end position, and look what you gave us at tight end. Yeah. Yeah, did we get a little unlucky? Okay. But look what you still gave us at tight end. Well, and to be fair, the same thing can be said on the defense with their linebackers and Todd Wash, where it's like, listen, I need a certain amount of linebackers in order to run this defense. And right now what we have, we can't compete. So you can say the same thing about the defense as well. Well, listen, it's starting to be an I I. I said a month ago, man, I thought the talent on this roster, we went through position by position. No, we did. And I said, I don't, I think you can get better players at spots, but I don't see an eyesore outside of the tight end spot, which we knew was a little, was weak. Uh, but the more and more I process this and I say, okay, Foles comes in for 88 million. Filippo loves a tight end. The Jaguars have really nothing proven at tight end to start this year. Mm-hmm. So they were really doing this. They were, I'm sure. keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. That's what they were doing. I mean, they were doing that at the tight end spot. They were doing that a little bit behind Leonard Fournette, and that's worked because he stayed healthy. The only way this could get worse this year is if Fournette were to get hurt. It would be horrible. I I mean, and they've got lucky at that position. Mm -hmm. They went super young and obviously traded away Ramsey, but they're super young in the secondary uh, with the safeties and the depth and the wing guards of the world. I mean, at one point we had five undrafted free agents in the secondary when Hayden went out momentarily. Yeah. So five. But now Boye's not really anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And let's be sure. honest, Brent, this is the NFL. So you have to do a little bit of this on every single team. I'm crossing my fingers uh, like and, you do. And I would so, agree with that. But here's I the thing, though. But not every team is going to be crossing their fingers at the linebacker spot, crossing their fingers at the, the backup running back spot, crossing their fingers at the safety spot. There's a lot of cro- crossing your fingers at the tight end spot. There's a lot of crossing your fingers going on, and guess what? You didn't get that lucky. Yeah. I, it, I will say they did in one regard. They crossed their fingers on the backup quarterback, and that worked out okay. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Because going into the year, there was all the questions about Gardner Minshew, and he goes four and four as a starter in replacement. Uh, we're not going to talk a lot about their roster build next year. We got so much time to do that. Yeah, but I have do. said now, as I've watched Baltimore January, play February. and I watch all this other stuff, I I do think I would just go get as many tight ends as possible because it's been a position the Jags haven't been able to fill. Mm-hmm. Jags haven't been able to fix. You know, it used to be wide receiver. They can't replace Jimmy Smith. You know what? They've done Allen Robinson and even Allen Hearns and Marquis Lee had a little bit. And, and now you got DJ Chark and DD. You know, they've done okay. Pass rusher used to be. They had Tony Brackens who was there yesterday and nobody ever since then, him really. Uh, yeah. I mean, there have been a few guys, uh, but Austin Lane was okay. But so much so that Yannick and Gosway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're good, man. No worries. But Yannick and Gosway's played four years, less than four years, and he's second all time. And in, in sacking the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, and by the Very way, telling. Calais, I think, is fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been able to fix some of those spots. Well, guess what? The next one is tight end. Mercedes Lewis is like the best tight end since Kyle Brady. That's not enough tight ends. It's not. So they've well, got to fix some of those things. And you saw how you beat the New England Patriots. If you watched last night the game, I mean, Grant, I think the Houston Texans tight ends only had maybe four or five catches, but they're huge catches. Big catches. Uh, catches with the tight ends and catches with the running backs. And that's how the, the Patriots got beat for the second time, thanks to the Ravens the first time. 
That's the trend right now. Yeah, OJ Howard you win, had some nice that's plays how you win out football here. Football games, man, you need a tight end. <sighs> Jags need a lot. Uh, we'll put a bow on this show, ESPN 690. Jags Report live coming up tonight, 7 o'clock on CBS 47. We'll be out there at Top Golf. Come on out and join us. And uh, we'll try to make sense of it all. Conley will be really good, I think, on both quarterbacks in this whole new switch. Uh, he's put in a tough spot, but he's coming on the show. Constant we'll do that at 7 o'clock at Top Golf on CBS 47. But we're not done here. Stay with us, ESPN 690. Why don't they really screw up the defensive teams on the other side and play Minshew and Foltz and just switch them back and forth and have them really confused? Is that Coach Sullivan? Sewer said it on me. We got a name for everybody. No, we're just Is that like Sully? Yeah, what, what do we encourage people to try to call in and support the show? We're going to rip on you if you do it. Nah, I'm just kidding. Just I'm, messing, I'm messing, man. I wish Star, we, Star we, 690 is the way to call we it. Did, uh, we did run a formation with two kickers in it. We did. That was the onside kick. We had kick. both Logan Cook and oh, yeah. uh, Lambeau out there. To and there was a lot of foolery. everything for nothing. Yeah, I know. But. Uh, the By the way, I don't think you would confuse the defense. The caller said could, you could confuse them. Right now, I'm more confused as a, as watching the Jags than any defense is about their offense. Yeah. Uh, that's as simple as that. Hey, we got to hit the happy hour horn oh, on wow. a Monday. Yeah, that's right. Coming off uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Let's get to it. Shot, tip your star tender. Ah, and you could do that while you're over at uh, Neptune Beach. Yeah, and hey, spoiler alert, if you're, don't be afraid to put a little ginger beer in that tequila. It tastes pretty good. That was one of the mixes that they yeah, had. Yeah, you liked it? I liked it. Enjoyed it. That was Absolutely. good. Yeah. Via DeLuis was out there Thanksgiving morning. Austin Lane was out there as well at Neptune Beach. I got a text that why aren't you out here? Mm. Said I was enjoying number hour number seven of my drive to Mississippi. It's all good though, man. I'll put on for the show and, and I'll do my due diligence and make sure we're well, well represented. You did a good You're job, welcome. from what I hear. So can I expense those drinks that I had then if it's for the show? <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about that off there. We'll talk about that off there. <laughs> Sounds legit. Well, to we'll me. Talk That's about a pretty there. good thought. Immediately yeah. uh, recently got a 98 rating, and by the way, that was the Blanco flavor. Now Reposado and Añejo recently started with a 94 rating. So. Big time debuts for the new flavors for Vita de Luis. Check out VitaDeLuis.com. Visit their website for all merchandise, places you can get Vita de Luis, and more. Okay, we got some quick hitters to get to. Uh, uh, one more thought on the Minshew Foles thing for now. How concerned should we be on the turnovers for Minshew? I understand that interception was on D.D. Westbrook, should have caught the ball, but he fumbled a bunch early. Is that something that will go away? I'm a little bit afraid he's going to get labeled that, you know, Blake Bortles got labeled that way, didn't go away. Jameis Winston's been sure. labeled that way, didn't go away. Yeah. I, I, to me, it's the biggest red flag. He's fun to watch all this other stuff, and there's a lot of room for growth. I understand that. But like, we're in a situation right now in Jacksonville where we're about ready to say, this is our guy, 
going mm-hmm. forward. And when you name a guy going forward, maybe even for the next however many years, well, you know what happens to that guy? As fun as he is, you start ripping him apart, too, and say, okay, yeah. what are his flaws? Yeah. And right now, that's his number one flaw is holding on to the football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Is like, How much of it is it him being a young player, a la Peyton Manning, who set the interception record his first year and then became Peyton Manning? Or how much of it is... That's who he is, Jameis, Blake, etc. So here's the thing with Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston's main flaw is that he makes bad decisions. Not only does he hold on the football too long, but he throws this ball in spots and times that are just... Well, exactly. I mean, it, and I think it kind of trickles over, honestly. So from that perspective, I think he throws bad interceptions as well. Minshew's only problem right now is, yes, he hangs on the ball too much. If I'm a coach right now, I'm not trying to stunt his growth at all. I'm going to be like, you know what? If there's a play to make, go ahead and make it. And if you fumble it, if you hang on the ball too long, we'll live with it. But I like a guy that's going out there and try to extend the play and try to make those open plays when they're there. All right, real quick, and we're going to elaborate on this tomorrow. Maybe get the the listeners involved a little bit and viewers. Thanks for watching on some of the platforms. Uh, What does he have to do these last four games to convince you that, I mean, is it wins related? Is it just the look, the eye test? Highlights. I mean, excitement. Is, yeah, because I, I think he'll have the excitement. I mean, yeah, I think we know that. But again, I, I said this about the first eight games that he started. Mm-hmm. The excitement level was there. That didn't always mean he was playing great football. True. And there's a separation there. And so I'm a little curious and, and think about that. Maybe a little homework assignment mm-hmm. for tonight. But what do, like what do we need to see? He's not now. This guy. Gardner Minshew is now on display, I don't even think, for Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, and Doug Marone. I think he's on display for Shad Khan and whoever else is coming in here. So this is a huge audition month, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, to me, the wins and losses, it doesn't fall directly on that, even though it should, because you're the quarterback. But let's be honest, we got the, the Chargers, the Raiders have a pretty explosive offense, the Falcons, you know, they have good receivers. I don't know if the Jaguars defense could have Minshew's back. You know, I mean, they could be shootouts, but they might not win the games. To me, it's all about how well he plays personally. Um, what, what his numbers are like. What his turnover margins are like. What his touchdown to interception ratios are like. Things of that nature. I think if he does pretty well there, um, the next coach coming in should be happy with that. I just want to see how many more times he can win Pepsi Rookie of the Week. <laughs> For sure. By the way, does that, uh, I don't, I think he cost himself probably with the three weeks out. Year with those, you think it's Josh Jacobs? Oh, the bad games. Jacobs is over a thousand yeah. yards, but if he goes on a tear, it's going to be, I forgot about that. Like if, yeah. you win, if you win Pepsi Rookie of the Week, eight of the 16, 17, I guess with the bye week, of the weeks, does that mean you have to be Rookie of the Year? I, I mean, if you Pepsi, win half the time. I don't time, know if that's the NFL. Come on. I'll be yeah, interested I don't know. to see I if think, get back in that race. Well, listen, Oakland's got a long ways to go, but if Oakland goes to the playoffs, I think you have to give the side oh, yeah, edge no to doubt. Josh Jacobs. But they're sliding right now, they man. Are. They are. And he can hardly get in the end zone. I they, they hardly can get points. It would be more important if it was the Coke at Rookie this of the stage. Week, but now we're back. Uh, you, you don't like Pepsi? No. Ouch. No. I don't like soda, so don't ask me. Yeah. I'm with you. We're in the yeah. South, man. Hey, Brent. Let's go and fist bump that, man. Wait a sec. Just say no to soda. No sugar diet thing, Brent. Just say no to soda, Doesn't mean you don't like soda. That was actually, I was with Stuart. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not so, so you're a soda guy? I'm not guy. really a soda guy, but I'm more okay. of a Diet Coke guy. Yeah, than okay. a Pick a beverage and a coffee or Diet Coke. Pick Pizza one. On a no soda. Pick a beverage and a coffee or Diet Coke. Pick one. Pizza on a no soda kick right now, but I have seen this man consume some soda over the years. Does, diet, always. I was going to say,
I don't drink a lot of soda. Okay. Anymore. Okay. But I'm but just, just saying Coca Festi. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got that we're on soda in general. Okay, I got you. No, team Coke. Uh, Everyone totally. in the Southeast. Totally does. off track. Yeah, they should. Yeah. Hey, the Jaguars NFL. are the worst team in the NFL. Ooh. Coming off yesterday, the most disappointing team in the NFL. Not the Jags. Who is it? Fill in the blank. Stuart, go first. Oh. I'll go first. The Philadelphia yes. Eagles. Okay. I don't um, know how you don't win that game yeah. down in Miami if you're the Eagles. Like, like I, I'm starting to question Peterson because how do you not have your team ready to play that game when okay. Dallas opened the door for you? Seriously, I could say the Eagles. I could say the Chargers, but they, have, two, they have one thing in common, the injuries, yeah. right? They have a lot of injuries, a lot of skill yeah. positions, things like that. I think the Cleveland Browns, who can't really point Another to the injury one. bug, are just 5-7 and seven right now, very disappointing. Bad I think, loss. I, I think it's the Cleveland Browns for sure. Yeah, I was going Chargers. Uh, just yeah. coming off the year they had a year ago. Uh, the fact that Philip Rivers is in his last year of his contract, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, he's a lame duck quarterback right now because you thought this was that last run that they were going to make, and they've invented new ways to lose, um, as they do, you know, every year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they, how they invent a way to lose this week. Very nicely said. Florida. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so speaking of the Browns, real quick. Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers, coach of the year, hands down. Well, and that's what, again, coach I said that down. earlier. If yeah, you, you look at some of those teams and then you look at what's happened here in the last month, I don't know how that doesn't point back to coaching. Yeah. I mean, it just has to. And Tomlin is doing it with, like, it's nobody. A third-string quarterback, it's it's insane what he's doing. If you had to pick. Schuster, your star receivers out. I don't know. If you had to pick, by the way, a James team, Connors a out, team that was going to break the uh, black cat hex, would you have picked the Bengals? Or, no. Was it the Bengals? Yeah. The Jaguars. Panthers. The Jaguars. And the Lions. I would have picked would the you Panthers. Would you pick the Bengals as the one to oh, have broken Panthers the hex? Sure. No, because they did. For sure. Panthers pretty disappointed now too. Ooh. Kyle, who? Yeah, Kyle, what? right? Yeah. Did you see the diagram Where's of that Cam last play? Back? I did. The yeah. diagram of that fourth down play where he had the receiver wide open on the right I while he still it. had room in the pocket, and then he ran backwards before finally. Oh, I saw. That. Yeah, I did yeah. see. That. I did see that. The football. diagram was just interesting. Uh, for, I didn't talk Florida, Florida State much. I didn't talk a lot of college football, Florida. Uh, but. Florida wins, uh, you know. This to me, like I, I, Florida fans are coming out of the woodwork right now. They're excited, and they should be excited. As they should be. <laughs> but this is this reminds me so much of the flip of like the first half of this decade when Florida was awful and Florida State was was good or finding themselves. And I don't know if it's going to result in a national yeah, championship. If it ends in a natty, that'd be great. My yeah. quick question though is: Florida's ranked bet higher than Alabama. Is Florida better than Alabama this year? As it's built right now with that defense of Alabama, I think so. I think so too. Really? It sounds yeah. really weird to say, but they have been, they've just been so depleted with all the injuries they had before the season and during the season to that defense. I said it before, like actually, that person. game, and I saw him in person. I got to b- agree with you. Yeah. I it's think crazy. Florida would beat Alabama. Well, well, and I don't win. think Florida is good enough to win a national title. Right now, yeah. I but, I, but I do think they beat you, Alabama. You, you need a few more Canarians. Do you think Bama had Tua? You think Bama oh, could beat Florida? Okay, it's a different, different, different yeah. story. Yeah. Hey, Coos, we got to go. Jags Report live tonight, CBS 47. Coos, you got your mix. Can we then we leave on the mix? Can you get it quick enough? That was a challenge. Because man. we had this call and then Coos mixed it together, so we're going to end on Monday on the Minshew Mix here on ESPN 690. It's going to be over. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture.
and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.